know this. That's right. Welcome back. Winners take Y-A-L-L. What is Episode 15, 16. Something like that. Who cares? Who's keeping track? I don't know. You used to. The boys at Vermont. Yeah, I don't remember now. I think we're beyond that. Nick Blackman. I think it's 14. 14? Okay. Fresh off being sexy. John Watkins, fresh off of surviving a a ride out west. Welcome back, man. Thanks for uh, postponing the show for everybody. So point all your hate mail to John Watkins, who's guzzling that little bit of fireball that he picked up. The delicate shot. It's like the uh, alcoholic that wants tries to buy. Man, it I'm just quit before, he, before he gets to the house. It's this is all I'm tiny, drinking tiny, are these little ones. Listen, I got ninety little bottles <laughs> on this one route. They fit in your cargo pants so easy. <clears throat> yes, I run from my house, and we're talking about these little plastic bottles of They're, Fireball. You, how big are as big as a I key? Think it's a car two key? You get like a Sam's pack, and there's like forty of them in the in the little Fireball yes. bottles, and. Like you talk about being in a hurry to drink them on this one route. Been in a hurry. That I run from my house like a couple miles, and like every third of a mile, there's one of those bottles on the ground. It's happened multiple times. Who's running on the Silver Comet Trail? Just like instead of drinking a Gatorade, they pound Man, one of these. I'm and just... so thirsty. You got any more of those fireballs? No, there's a guy, with a, there's a, guy with a table that sits out and like hands them out like he's at the Boston Marathon <laughs> handing out fireballs. Yeah. Did you straight liquor? I've seen that in a marathon, but not on the silver yeah. Well, you know, in the Peachtree road race, I usually drink one beer the whole time. Like yeah. somebody hands you hey, a beer. what are you eating? Nothing, man. Leave me alone. What's my dog eating? Oh, your dog. Oh, what is he? <laughs> I don't know, but he's got something in his damn Dude, mouth. he's hung up. Lincoln. He, I've never seen you? him in locked in a post. What is that? Oh, hey, that's, that's, that's Confederate. That's it's Kevin's Confederate coins. That's a <laughs> you don't steal a man's Confederate coins. <laughs> it's your pick. We would have never got to our guitar. What was that? That was a guitar pick. Uh, but it, was something. it was a Confederate guitar. gold piece. We'll yes. never get to our guitar section of this show. Beef bouillon. Yeah, so we actually have show notes to uh, tonight's two guests. <laughs> Uh, include, uh, let's see, we, we're going to have... Uh, you don't have to get Tyler Berriman. <laughs> Tyler Berriman. Tyler Berriman, yeah. Out of Stockton, California. Stockton slap. Tyler Berriman, who is uh, getting ready for Red Bull Imagination. He is out in Kansas. They're building the course out. So we'll check in with Tyler, see what he's got going on. And Fresh then we off get, a best whip win. Yeah, man. Can pound out those X game wins. Mm-hmm. How many has he got uh, total between us and Tyler? Total wins? Yeah. Well, however many he has. That's, oh, okay. I think that's the total. Is that how we do it? <laughs> so we'll have Tyler on. We'll have uh, Mike Pelletier from the AMA. We'll talk about the uh, restart rules. We'll talk, talk about single file starts. We'll talk about the, uh, Supercross starts. We better Our, talk about some other things. Oh, VN, I mean, obviously, uh, Motocross the Nations. Motocross yeah. Dez. What man. about the chink in the armor of the uh, Super Motocross not giving points for each moto? <laughs> They don't. It's, I know. But it's odd, yeah. Yeah, but you saw how that worked out that this weekend. That created a lot <laughs> of things that's, to that's talk about. That's how amateur motocross works. That's how yeah. we do every race we've ever gone to. When you go pro, that's when it all gets weird. By the moto, yeah. 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 But we did see that it some, cost somebody. That it creates a lot of on-track on math. Some janky yeah. math. Yeah. yeah. It's the most basic math, but you just forget about it. A lot of friendliness. You know, a lot of people waving at each other. Hey, if man. I knew how to make, hey, way, uh, make memes, I would have made a... Uh, let Kenny buy BYE. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you could have just put obviously that. Obviously, that popped up 900 times. The, the Brock one. The let yeah. yeah. Oh, it's sure. the deal, dude. Yeah. <laughs> just like it. So, John Watkins, fresh off of a how many? 900 miles? 932 was okay. the goal. Um, adventure ride out. We yep. started, I picked all the boys up from Denver, Colorado at the airport and 
the loop was uh, across Southern California into Utah, up to Moab, across the middle of Colorado, and back. So um, it was uh, the first time in, a, in, you know, four years that we didn't have 200 miles a day as the goal. So we the, the boys and the crew kept complaining, like, hey, man, I mean, we're riding 10 and 11 hours I said, okay, we'll back we'll back the mileage down. I, we'll make it 932 for the week, and uh, we'll get done early every day. We'll hang out, you know. And they always say that's Cuddle. what they want. So, yeah, what uh. that means is you get you get your net your first destination on day one at two o'clock, and they're like, well, we can't quit now. And I'm like, well. Now, if we go ahead from here... These are the guys that wanted to trim this thing back and not ride 1,100 miles. Yes, and so I'm like, hey, this this is is what it means when you cut it back. We don't ride for 10 or 11 hours. We ride six, eight, whatever it is, but it ain't 10 or 11. So the That's very, still plenty of eight hours on a dirt bike. Is plenty. Of time. Six, is, long, six yes, is a long time. I'm good, on I'm a good with that. Bike. It's a long time. So we, but anyway, we I picked the boys up from the airport in Denver, man, and we go down to lake city colorado which is a cool little town uh camp feeling it's got uh people on side by side just going down main street motorcycles everywhere just the wild west what you envision what yeah the last mountains are straight up plus weed's legal weed yeah well, everybody is on weed it stinks so bad, everybody's though. on the marijuana they're on the marijuana sticks they barely fit these main streets in i mean out the back door of the buildings on main street is just Still vertical do- doesn't rock interest face. me at all what doesn't Smoking weed. No, me neither. I don't, I've it. never tried it. Doesn't I've, do anything for have me. Have you never tried it either? I've never tried it. I, God, we're soulmates. I've tried it once. <laughs> I've, I've tried actually smoking I don't it. Feel like that's true. one time in my basement with Joey Casey, and I was like, I got, I coughed a million times, and yeah. I didn't even. I was like, I'm, this doesn't not work. I've out. never, I've never tried it. I like, I, I'm like you. I've you really never, haven't. No, I really oh, haven't. I make a joke about it all the time, and I, and I don't have any moral dilemma with no. marijuana. I wish it was legal everywhere for everybody. Yeah. It just never has appealed to me. Right, right. Well, and I, you know, I don't need any more stuff to be addicted to. You know, I mean, it's like it's bad enough. You know, that was me. I was a little, little like, I could get a little crazy on alcohol. I mean, enough to have a few dust ups and steal a couple cars, and you know what I mean. Punch (laughs) random guys on video, (laughs) Panama City, couple (laughs) of steel cars, stolen cars, and so you don't need any help. I didn't need any extra (laughs) stolen cars. No, you know how your you know your your fun drugs, your hobby drugs make you steal cars. You never done that. I never I never stole a car that I didn't bring back. Turns out I've never smoked weed. I've smoked weed, but I've never stolen a car. So I mean, I think it all balances. Stolen's a strong term. I think I think borrowed is probably. More. Yeah. And one of them was in Panama City. We took a Jeep. Was. One, like, they I shouldn't have left the keys in it, man. Hanging out with a girl, and we were in their, their room, there and comes. there were cars on the Kevin's keys. Like, I got a, or Nick's <laughs> like, I got a Jeep. Man. Okay. Pretty sweet. So this girl was like a uh, power lifter turned bodybuilder, and so <laughs> their Jeeps. So, and she was pretty hot. Every show, like, the, she's addicted very, to sex. So I, I have notes on this show. The very bottom of the notes say, Nick. So we all have our roles on the show. And Nick says, just be sexy. Whatever being sexy entails. <laughs> What's this it is like, what, Nick, this to is just what, be sexy? Just being sexy. So this is what no, it's like listen. to live vicariously and sexy through Nick. So we're hanging out. And this was almost like I literally, this uh, the closest I came to smoking marijuana, too. Because she was hot. <laughs> okay. yeah. And she was, she was like, just take a little. And I was like, no, I'm good. And she grabs these keys off the, the counter. To a Jeep, and she said, well, let's go just ride around this Jeep. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Cool. We'll go get in the Jeep, full tank of gas. Hell yeah. Tops off, four-wheel drive. We're in Panama City, so we go probably where 30A is built now, right? The yeah, beach yeah. down there. 
burn a whole tank of gas doing donuts and going over the sand dunes. So nothing beat no sexy to it? Later, not yet. I'm not going to talk about the sexy. Yeah, so we go do all this. There's fucking sand in the Jeep. Like, we've been doing donuts in the sand. You've been slinging it. Oh, yeah. Sexy sand. You know, back in the day, it was probably like a 85 model. You get out, lock the hubs. Man, we're doing it all. Yes, baby. We come back a couple hours later, and we're pulling up, and I I was like, your friend's going to be pissed. We burned a whole tank of gas. I'm not done being sexy, but that's hot. She said, I don't know whose Jeep this is. You stole some dude <laughs> and filled wow. it up full of sand. For, hey, the we sexy sand. And I was like, "Are you mm. shitting me?" She goes, "No, I just grabbed the keys." And so we parked it down the street, so Greedy. we didn't walk go back up to the same hotel oh, yeah. with the thing. So, and what? So what color so was this Jeep? Blue. It's an '85 CJ7. In case you're wondering. Yeah. One year shy of the end of the CJ7 okay. production for this, run. For the fourth of the rectangle headlights. Yeah. Okay. Before the '88 range. So Nick stole a vehicle he didn't really think he was stealing. So that's technically he not said, stealing. But, but by the letter of the law, you did steal a Jeep. Yeah. And then one and time we kind of stole kinda, a tank of gas too. One time we kind of impersonated a policeman and carjacked a guy too. So <laughs> <laughs> was there any of the sex involved in that? No sex with that guy. Okay. But they did have handcuffs. He was. Was really, Could really drunk. We yeah. snatched him out of the car and put him up against the car like Freeze, he was. Yeah. Back. We're like Atlanta Vice. Nick Atlanta Tubbs. <laughs> Atlanta Vice. Nobody's Nick ever said Tubbs. that. Ever. I swear to God. He said, and Get we were like, what's your connection? We were just playing. What's your connection to the Calderon family? Like Miami Vice. Yeah, dude. <laughs> the Calderon And family. my buddies were on him and we jumped in his car. We're and just, like, just call Crockett and check. I, he knows Donuts me. in the parking lot and then pull back oh, up and crazy. put him back in the keys and threw the keys off somewhere. You've got to so do this to people. But we man. had to keep him from driving drunk. I mean, we were, that was a community well, commu- distraction. That was a community service. All right, so let me, let me circle back, Nick. We got some sexy time in there, so <laughs> just a little bit. We he got that song queued up. He can't he, help it. He, so he can't stop. You're you got cock blocked. Like he blocked past your yeah, story because sexy didn't even know he was sexy wins every time. Y'all brother. went off with the marijuana, and he can't so be sexy. You can see how it's sexual. sex translates. <laughs> so anyway, back people in. on marijuana have sex. Duh. Yes, no, it no, makes you duh. promiscuous. No, that makes you lazy. It does. So and promiscuous. Well, that's why I've now. never done it. Right. Because I want to be sexy. Yeah, I got energy. <laughs> I want to be sexy. I want to stay sexy. <laughs> if it doesn't lead to sex, I'm not smoking I'm not it. In, yeah, for real. So so anyway, you're you're on your right, trip. So we pick the dudes up. The very first night, we're going to stay in a cabin on the river. Is there any sex involved? Do I need to cue this song up? Nobody we was. Can. We're not. Since my got whole group is unsexy. <laughs> Nick, you can take a break for a minute. Yeah, there's no sex in this story. <laughs> so about 1230. Except I just I'm getting F by the trail, I guess. Yeah, the trail and uh, uh, this first thing here. We we hear a loud noise during the middle of the night, the very first night, and I just spring up out of the bed, and I'm like, "Hey, man, did y'all hear that?" And everybody's like, "Yeah." Oh, what the crap? Uh, it was a bed breaking. Joe's bed broke downstairs. And you're telling me there's no sex. No sex. <laughs> Seriously, whatever, so, man. But I kept going. That didn't sound like a bed breaking, and they're they're convincing me that it was Joe's bed broke. Okay. So I think then, they're not telling you something, man. Well, they're sitting there with a towel after, hanging off their dog. After genuine plate is yeah. full set. Yeah, down their there towel live. rack. Is yeah, they got a towel literally on. holding a towel on yeah. it. He's like, no, rack. nothing to see here, man. Just yeah. go back to bed. How's I think your just towels? where I hold my wet How's your towels? towel sitting there? That's weird. <laughs> so the next morning we go out and all the bikes are knocked over. All the bags are ripped to shreds. There's food, Condoms debris everywhere. everywhere. It's just nuts, man. And these bears are just so turned on. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, this is a real story. But that's just when it started. I mean, we, the first morning, we're, toss, we're throwing away bags. We're finding other things to strap. The, so y'all left your food in your 
we've never been attacked by a bear ever, and we've been we've done eight thousand miles between Colorado and California, and I just figured, heck, man, we're not going to encounter a bear. We've always had food in our bags for eight thousand miles. <laughs> so, hey, hey, Tommy, has he got a picnic basket in that motorcycle? Hey, boo boo. Oh, ah, stupid. the stupid so Yogi, man. Yogi Bear. We just, hey, we boo, just boo. shut off about 90% of the audience when you go And then Yogi. the trip was over. <laughs> that was it. That was a great story. So, no, you, you basically did get attacked by bears. Yeah, so, but that, it just delayed our start. So, we. What does that sound like when a bear's cruising through the woods, like, and they come up on y'all? Hey, you smell that? Is that food in there? Yeah, I think so. It's a Husky TC400. Can you ride this thing? I can ride it. You want to eat it or do you want to ride it? I've seen bears ride motorcycles before at the fair. We can do it. I want to eat the motorcycle. I think we just ride for a while. <laughs> yeah. So that was the conversation. That's how it went. And the then, bears were talking about eating or riding the motorcycle. And then they shoved the motorcycles over, and I think they I think. What if they didn't out. do anything? They just rode them around. Y'all didn't know it. Did, did, anybody, did anybody check your gas or your mileage? Can you imagine what I that, did not. that footage looks like? They're yeah. like trying to start it. Where's the key? Where's but if you see a bear, started? like on the videos, and I love the videos of the bear that get in people's cars. Like, they don't scramble around trying to get them. They walk right up, grab the fucking handle. They and opened go an in. F-150 next to the truck, and the door was wide open. When Stole the stereo? Had a bear print. <laughs> he lifted right a clear-out pull-out tape deck, dude. That's nuts. Yeah, They're well, so handy. Pull-out tape deck. Not that we're old or anything. No, guys. that's what I had we're in my car. We're not old. That's why I went to the clarion pull-out. Clarion. I took that bitch out Did everywhere. Did you say pull-out? Shoot, ain't nobody going to steal my tunes, boy. <laughs> Sexy time over here. Never pulled out. Well, <laughs> pull-out? Talking about pulling out? <laughs> There's no pull-out. Never. Don't no. ever. <laughs> How are you supposed to spread your seed any other way? Yeah, I mean, heck, you're just supposed to here. overseed in the fall, boys. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Time to put down some some rye, baby. Some moist soils, <laughs> fertilize that thing. Yes, so. exactly. So anyway, you got attacked by bears. Essentially. Got attacked by bears. We loaded back up, and we when you roll out of Lake City, Colorado, there's these guys listen to this show. Who? Uh, uh, who? I doubt it. But the first two. First two trails. Only two that broke the bed. <laughs> yes, the two that broke the bed. The what? genuine soundtrack sitting on go. <laughs> it's just so ready to hit play. <laughs> you pull it's straight weird, out of man. Lake City. Everywhere we stay, they, uh, Richard's bed His broke. Bed Rich, it's Joe. Joe. Not Sorry, Richard. I mean, that's very convenient. Joe Blow. That his name is Richard. Sure. It's his first name. Richard. His name is Richard Joe. Richard broke the bed again. Richard. He's raging. Richard is raging. So... First trail out is called Engineer Pass. It takes you to 12,800 feet. It's difficult. It's a famous Jeep trail. The second trail is called Imogene Pass. It takes you to 13,100 feet. And it's extremely difficult. So, and all that does is lead you to Telluride, Colorado. So we, we make those first two passes. It's like 40 miles total. It took us eight hours. <laughs> it's very difficult to go 40 miles. That's That's not very far. So... All the hotels are sold out in Telluride. Everybody in Telluride is rich as all get out. We checked on rooms that were 4500 a night just to see if they had Good one. Good Lord. But we weren't going to pay that. We were just like, do y'all have a room? We checked everywhere. So one hotel said, we have one room. So we ride over there, and by the time we get there, it sells out. The girl working behind the counter, her name's Stevie, and she goes, well, I have an apartment. Oh, uh, you guys could rent the apartment. Yes. <laughs> And I'm like, and it's just me and Raymond standing there. 
And she's very much into renting us this apartment. And I'm like, oh boy. well, hey, what are you, you going to do? She goes, whatever y'all do. And I'm like, well, we're going to drink Fireball and laugh a lot. She goes, all right, well, then I'll be laughing with you. And I'm like, okay, but there's three others that aren't standing here. Yeah. And then she's, she sort of like leaned back a little bit and she's like, oh, there's three more. And I'm like, yeah, there's five of us. She was goes, Nick there? Well, Nick was one of the five. We were flying him in once we found Just out. sexy. We need yeah, sexy here. Once we found out Stevie I knew there, was I willing. Knew, I knew this was coming. How you doing? Hey, girl. Why is this apartment so empty? You got a water bed? What's up, Stevie? I like the fact that she was she was down with just when there was just two of us. When there was two of us, buddy, she was on board and she just five like, yeah. took some thought. I said, "Where are you going to stay?" She goes, "Well, it sleeps six. I'll just stay there with y'all." And okay. I'm like, "All right, I'll keep this music okay. on cue here." And you know, when you're in Atlanta, there ain't nobody offering this. Heck no. Nobody at a hotel is going to be like, "Hey guys, we're full, but you can come to my, my house. apartment." <laughs> so she's super cool, and she goes, "Go eat." I'll get all the bed. I'll get new sheets and towels and everything, and I'll head over there. Meet me over she there. Must do that often. Are you making fun of me, man, for this sexy time and this dude? <laughs> I know. He's I mean, walking right into it. He's had sex twice in this story. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Once with, with a bear, with Joe in the bed, <laughs> in a hotel clerk <laughs> like Jiminy Christmas. Yeah. So we go eat, and then we ride, and when it's all on motorcycles now, so it's cold. Jimmy's at night. a bear, by the way. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. There we go. There are metaphors. I understand how bear. I think that's more of a a term. Yeah. It is a term yes, for it a is. burly kind of motorcycle riding guy with a beard. <laughs> with a nice that's exactly beard. exactly what they term. I did that big Pensacola tour last a year. A very <laughs> muscular physique. <laughs> a bear. So we stay. So we These get bears got pissed and trashed our stuff. Wow. Well, oh, because the they didn't get what they wanted is what it is. I'm hearing this in a totally new, yeah, you new light now. You should have talked before, this one through on your way here. Before it was just these animal creatures, and now it's these dudes yeah. wearing tight jeans and no shirt. Leather vest, no shirt. Yeah, yeah. That's what I. That's who attacked mm-hmm. my motorcycle. Joe, get in here. <laughs> We're about to break your bed. Get in here. I want to fucking cuddle. <laughs> get in here. Come here, Joe. I'm a gene and engineer. We're hell today. So, so you did stay at this place. Yeah, she. So you went she, stayed with Stevie. What was her last name? We called her Stevie Nicks. We never knew okay. her last name. I saw the Facebook. I was following along, just enjoying your face. Well, I started out all motivated to write because it was fun. It was exciting. Everything was cool, and we stayed at Stevie's and we dodged a bad rainstorm. That's the, that's the reason for staying somewhere. I and wish the, this story ended like y'all woke up and everybody was missing a the kidney. The sheets were so tangled. <laughs> oh, Everybody was missing a kidney. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Tyson was there. Was so weird, we man. envisioned all that during dinner. I'm like, dude, what if she's got like a pit bull on a chain and, and your bed is like eight centimeters from where the chain just ends and all night the, the, dog's just, the dog's just charging at you, but he misses by millimeters, you know? Until he finally pulls that bolt out of the wall. <laughs> right? right. And then we're like, what if we get over there and there's like a moving truck? And she goes, well, I didn't say the furniture was inside. Or, and then we got to like move the furniture in. What if you get there and she's super nice and everything works out as you imagine it would and then you sleep great? Yes, that's how it Which went. Which is how it went. <laughs> right? Yeah, she was cool. So once she met the other three, she was not cool with staying anymore. She went back to Montrose, Colorado, and stayed. What's wrong with your pervy friends, man? <laughs> Jeez, what what they do? I'm what kind of you, vibe dude. are they pumping out? They I, I've got out. some respect for Stevie now, though, because she dude. was totally down with a threesome, but a five. Not a just out of the question. Not a five. No. with some weirdos, right? Like, uh, hey, a, a pentafuck? Nope. No, man. We saw how the Pentagon fared <laughs> against one plane. Yeah. Only this clown knows. Pen F. We're all like twosome, threesome, foursome. <laughs> some Pentagon. What is a five? Pentagon. It's a penta. A penta something. 
right. So we we slept good. You never had a Pinta? Had showers. Everything the Nina, was fine. The Pinta was one of the <laughs> ships that came over from. And the Santa Maria. Yeah, the Santa Maria. Yep. Yeah, which was her middle name. It was Stevie, Santa Maria. Get out of here. Nina, Pinta. Santa Maria. Okay. So Octa. the trip's on. It's all on point. Everything's great. We're doing these gnarly alternate routes that are difficult. How much one, did y'all pay Stevie? Uh, 500 bucks. Oh, cool. She was thankful to get it. You know, in That's the awesome. hotel room in Telluride was going to cost us 750 so we felt yeah, good about cool. five hundred all day long. That's a hundred. She got the whole yeah. house, and she gave. Yeah, her we had house the away. upstairs, downstairs. I mean, it was nice. Wow. So it helped her a lot. She she totally said, you know, thank you. So um, Stevie, start VRBO in that thing out, dude. She probably does. That's probably a scam. Yeah, yeah she, probably she probably just acted is, like, oh, I've never this done crazy. this before. Nor- yeah, oh, there we go. Yeah, everything to, everything was trial size. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why does she have this squirt thing on the <laughs> shower? Yeah, yeah. Like a guest body wash. What? A guest book. A VRBO? What? <laughs> yeah, there was none of that. But hey, like, Yelp, let, let everybody know you enjoyed your stay. Yeah. What? She's making $15 an hour at the counter, and she's 500 a night. 500, yeah. 500 <laughs> a night at yeah. the hotel, at the Good for apartment. Her. Good so, for her, man. That's American yeah. economics at work. I mean, it helped us. We had nowhere to go, and it was definitely going to rain. So the next day, we're hitting all the hard alternates. And How's the hair, dude? The hair looks my good. My hair? Yeah. Oh, no. It develops cornrows, dude. I got one of those Climb Carbon Pro helmets. Cornrows. And when you start wearing it for eight yeah, hours yeah. a day, the liner has slits yeah, yeah. in it to breathe. And <laughs> it's straight cornrows. Oh, and I walk know, like in there RG3, and, the, dude. and the girl's just like, what? Who's this, this redheaded dude with cornrows rolled in cornrows. And dude. we're in the rich section of town. Let me see that. Let me turn. I'll let me re- let me reverse all this genuine because there's yeah, none of that happening. <laughs> yeah. So we we were rolling to Telluride though to get that room, and we're the only dirty people. Everybody else is like got these vintage Jeeps and vintage Porsche, and you know, and we're rolling in there dusty as junk, barely made it over the mountain. You know, we look like we got a lot of looks, and they were not good looks. You know, not like like Nick would get. Yeah, no, you Say need Nick's him. You need him for that sexy balance. Dude. Well, we would you stay don't up need in the me. mountain. He got a room with a chick. With, with no we help did. for me. Yeah, we did. Do, he we didn't did even call me. The deal. I didn't ask you a single it. question. I just like, hey, Nick, I got this. So, but the next day we're hitting all the hard alternates, and everything's good, and um. One guy in the group, Randy, we call him Hollywood. His last name's Wood. So Hollywood's kind of freaking out a little bit because on the edge of these hard alternates, it's a thousand feet drop, man. It's just a vertical cliff. Is that face. far? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. If say you ride a motorcycle off of it, it, it you won't remember the pain. You suck. You can't, you some can't of ride them are, down a thousand foot cliff. Come some on, of them dude. are 2,000 feet. I mean, it's Half you're a insanely mile. high. Okay. Remember, man, I, I qualified for a qualifier he once. He qualified for the second step of Loretta's, bro. Yeah, he did. He <clears throat> state qualified. Thousand, thousand feet, not shit. That's not even bad, He was right? jumping that high So at, at Lazy River. So we, the Randy starts saying, hey, man, I'm taking the go around. I ain't doing these hard alternates. And, and I'm like, well, I didn't come out here to ride pavement. Like, I'm here to ride dirt. Woo! So, <laughs> so we're here sitting we there. And he knows I'm not cool with it. But he when we're leaving your, town, he you put your hand on your and pistol when you start quivering. It. It's all zoomed in on John's. And lips. I was waiting on the clock to strike. Hey man. <laughs> hey man. Wow. I didn't come out here to ride. We're at the OK Corral. All of a sudden, what happened here? Ten paces. <laughs> so we take our ten paces, you know, and when we turn, it's like draw. You I know? heard your leather spinning way earlier than mine. You Go ahead, Randy. <laughs> yeah. So make my day. Usually, I'm trying to zip this pocket. It won't <laughs> open my gun, jerk. <laughs> 
my snap be rusty on my holster. So usually the hard alternate is like 12 miles and the go around is 100 because you're skipping a whole mountain, right? So this particular one leaving town was uh, like 17 miles of hard alternate or 34 miles of pavement. So the difference wasn't insane. crazy. Yeah. So I'm like, I go, hey, Randy, I'll ride the pavement if that's what you want. So... We're leaving town, and Raymond pulls up beside me and goes, Hey, man, we didn't come out here to ride pavement. Pull over. So I pull oh, over. Oh, shit. So he talks all of us, has this real heart-to-heart. Look, Fuck God Randy. dang it, we always ride the dirt. We'll lose one man, boys. <laughs> yes. He's like, we're riding the dirt. So How old are these guys? So let's, let's... They're all about 60. Everyone they're, they're about 60. done with living, so let's yeah. go, dude. It's over. You've had a good life. Been, it's over. I, I didn't come out here not to end this shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't want to go home. You see my wife. But I mean, when you're a when you're a motocross racer, to go adventure riding, I, and you can obviously make it as hard as you want, but it's really about twenty five percent of your ability level. You're not anywhere near your limit. Has anybody ever written a song called Motocross Racer? No. There's one called Dirt Bike Rider. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. They, they oh, need to so be close. so. Uh, Maybe you write that. We'll, Adventure Tour Guy. We've got ten. You can write. We'll write it when the show's over. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You ten sure? Minutes. We ten can minutes. do it real quick. No, let's go. go. Okay. With some AI, it's over. So, so Raymond looks over at Randy. and Goes, Randy, what are you going to do? We're going in the dirt. You know what I mean, it's like, why well, just this moment right now? You're deciding. So Randy goes, all right, I'll go in the dirt. And Randy's a great rider. He's ridden at that point six thousand miles with me off road. In all kinds of states out west, and he's never crashed. So I'm like, I don't know why he's freaking out, you know, but hey, I'm not 60 either. So we circle back. We send Joe, the one who breaks beds with the bears, Mm. on the pavement. Because Joe rides a BMW 1200, you know, your standard old Goldwing-looking dirt bike. I don't know. I saw some of y'all's bikes. I want the lightest, most nimble. That's I what I, I say. Do not right? I would have took eighty six XR two fifty. Hell yes, you would have. With, with you know what? I'd have put whatever I fit in that damn well, in burn, the tool kit, the burn that, hole the, in the shaving, that shaving, that shaving case in the back. That's, that's all, all I, I would took. You damn right. The main thing hey, you need I to carry is gas, a razor, and some rubbers, and, some and rubbers. <laughs> you, for when the bears attack. Yeah, for when, when the bears got to have some. Air quote bears attack when the bears are hungry. Yeah. There's girls going wild, then there's when bears attack. When there's bears are. Yeah. Let me see the GoPro footage of that. <laughs> He's got a chest. A lot pro. of hair, man. Damn, Nick, you wear a chest, bro. What does that look like? Whoa, it's Whoa, back and it's forth. It's making me dizzy. I'm about to throw up. <laughs> yeah, so so Raymond talks Randy into doing this hard alternate. And, dude, we got out there, and this particular trail did – it had 2,000-foot drops the whole way. And I know y'all don't think that's bad. <sighs> But it is, high, it's pretty scary to look over the when edge. When I'm skying triple, son. Dude, I got a lift on my pickup truck. <laughs> 500-foot lift, son. <laughs> so what happens is you start riding slower. And then when you slow down, everything's magnified. And so I come around the curve, and Randy has hit some rock, and he's laying on the ground, and the bike's knocked over. And I'm like, how much does this bike weigh? 700 pounds? Well, there, he rides a KTM 690, so it's 330 pounds plus his gear. I'm going to guess 430. It's heavy. But it's not BMW 1200 heavy. So I go, hey, are you all right? Yeah, I'm all right. Well, why aren't you picking the bike up? Why are you laying on the ground? Well, I was going to see if you'd pick it up. And I'm like, well, hell, okay. So I pick it up. Saw the way you up. were throwing them bears around. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Cue the genuine music, boys. So he gets up, and we finish the ride, and I think everything's fine. And then that, This is Randy that didn't want to do it. Randy, yes, and Raymond talked him into it. And God. Raymond's gone, by the way. Oh, he's having time. He his calls life. the mail. Wheeling, not helping nobody. Just you, know, you know them dudes are like 60 having, because they're the only ones who won't feel bad. If he forces Randy to do it, and Randy busts his ass and gets hurt, a 60-year-old dude's like, fuck it. Like, well, I would feel better. guilty. He's 60. You know what I mean? But, yeah, they'd be like, dude, he knew this was a dangerous job when he took it. <laughs> is peer pressure a thing when you're 60? I I apparently, mean, Randy succumbed to it. Randy fell victim. Damn, Randy. So we get to... Where's Randy live? Do I know Randy? He lives, well, he used to live in uh, DeKalb or somewhere like Didn't that. Didn't ask where he used to live. Poor he Ralph. lives in <laughs> no, Missouri. Where's he live now? Missouri. He lives in Farmington, oh, okay. Missouri. So, oh, okay, I'm familiar. But I've known him for years. So Poor Randy. That night, we end up at this place called Hamburger Rock, and we're camping. And at one o'clock in the morning, I hear tent comes unzipped on somebody's tent. And I hear Randy going, Raymond, wake up. And so Raymond's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're about to get it, son. (laughs) No. Or do I need to cue genuine music? No, no, no genuine on this one. He goes, "Uh, what is it? He goes, dude, I think I'm dying. And he goes, what do you mean? He goes, I'm peeing blood like crazy over here. Okay, now that's real. That's internal. So, yeah. So he goes, I'm talking like insane amounts of blood is coming out when I pee. So. I'm listening. And you're taking me to the hospital because you yes. made me do this. We're 60 miles from Moab at this 60. point. Yes. Cue um, the genuine music. So, no. No, okay. No Sorry. genuine. Not, call me an not Uber. Yet. So we, I'm listening, and he's like, dude, I got to go to the hospital tonight. Stop. I'm freaking out. And Raymond somehow talks him off the ledge and is like, just because you're bleeding internally, it's not that big of a deal. Just keep peeing the blood out, right? Yeah, you'll eventually run out of it. Yeah, and you'll be fine. And That's blood he thinks in that there. is the dumbest advice. Ray- Raymond. Yeah, he did that for real. So Raymond I'm made gonna, him. Hey. Raymond talked him into going down He tells road. Hollywood know, he's Raymond, be okay. Raymond's from DeKalb, moved to Missouri. No, Raymond lives right down the road. He's a damn, Raymond lives here. He's a bell uh, bondsman. And yes. I, I was about to say, he, he, he did not do medical school. No, but <laughs> Randy is a retired firefighter with EMT. And Randy knows what's up. So Randy's real freaked out. Raymond is Somehow, a damn used I car salesman. I think Raymond like dunked what? him some uh, NyQuil or something because all of a sudden Randy's snoring, and I'm like, okay, what? so He's we're that's, that's called a death rattle. <laughs> <laughs> the death rattle overtook Hollywood. So we're I'm like, okay, I'm going to sleep because we're not riding to Moab so in the middle of the night. Tell me the, the next night. morning when when this dude's dead. I know he's, Raymond gathers gathers everyone up. Goes look, here's how this went. Yeah, yeah. he did. What happened? He goes, look, man, Randy was freaking out last night, and I calmed him down. And Randy comes out of the tent because he hears us talking. And he goes, I'm taking the pavement to Moab and I'm going to the hospital. And I'm like, okay. So Joe goes with him because he's riding a Goldwing BMW 1200. And we decide we're going to take the 60 miles into Moab off road. So we start, and and dude, when you out there, gas is a problem. So I've got a gallon on the rear fender and I'm really low, but I think I can make it. But they're also out of gas, Raymond and my cousin Brian. So I'm like, hey, I'll just stay in the back. And if I run out, I'll give myself a third of a gallon. And then when y'all run out, I'll catch you and give you each a third of a gallon. And we should make it on into Moab. So mm. we're, here comes 11 Jeeps. At the 30-mile mark, 11 Jeeps coming towards us. And I pull over, and the dude rolls up and goes, Georgia Tags, where are you from? And I go, I said, uh, I just always say Marietta. And he goes, Marietta? Or I said, Marietta? He goes, yeah. Uh, I used to live in Seven Hills, which is the the neighborhood that, on the road that I grew up Oh, my in. God. So he goes on by. He's got Cobb County tags. The next guy, I live in Kennesaw. 
Cobb County tags. Next guy. I live in Marietta. <laughs> Cobb Can County. I siphon some gas? I'm like, bro. what are the chance? And, and no. why the heck didn't I ask them for gas? Right. So right. I'm thinking the same thing. We take back off, and it's pretty challenging, and we're burning up, and we're low on water, and we're out of gas, and eventually I run out. And so I got my cousin Brian right in front of me. Raymond's out front and gone. He always does this. He's gone. Raymond's the worst. <laughs> Dude, I love Raymond. I know Raymond. I know him. Yeah, he never sticks the group together. He always just hauls the mail and leaves you. That's the worst, too, because <clears throat> that's like when you go on a ride with somebody or like they know the trail or you go mountain biking with somebody. Yeah, two, turn, you. two lefts and a right and a left and a right. <laughs> yeah, and, and you get up to a crossroad. mountain. It's easy. And they're Bull gone. Mountain. Yeah, we've, we've, we've Kevin and I experienced that. We're like, what a freaking asshole to He leave. left us, and we really don't know the trail. I don't know shit. But we did know the trail. We had GPS, so my bike runs out. And Raymond's I, responsible for a death at this point. But he's, and he's possibly heading yours. towards it, yes, yeah. because he now he's got two, <laughs> two <laughs> attempteds, right? So I pour the third of the gallon in. I ride two more miles. I catch my cousin. He's out of gas. So I give him a third of a gallon, and then this truck is coming by, and he stops, and he goes, hey, do you guys have a, a third guy with you? And I go, yeah. But he's ahead of us. He goes, well, some guy back here is out of gas. And he said he had two buddies that were riding the same kind of motorcycle. And I'm like, yeah, but he's ahead of us. It, it's not the guy behind us. It's not. I go, what color bike was he on? He goes, green. I go, yeah, that's not my buddy. Screw that guy, whoever so that then, guy was. There's, a, there's a dead guy. Exactly. Well, I don't have enough gas to chase back and see, <laughs> the right? The bears will get him. I got a third of a gallon. So Cue the genuine music. I'm like, hey, uh, here comes another truck. And they go, hey, you guys got a third third guy with you? Some I'm gay like, guy yeah. that has sex with bears? Oh, yeah. I said, yeah, we got a dude. That's our guy. And they go, well, we just talked to him, and he said that he's out of gas, and he needs to tell you all that. And so I find a picture of Raymond on my phone, and I hold it up to the girl in the passenger seat, and I go, was this him? And she goes, no, he don't look anything like that. I go, what color was his motorcycle? She goes, black. I go, my buddy's on an orange and white motorcycle, and you're saying that's not him. I got to keep going. I don't have enough gas but, to track back. But how'd the girl look? Yeah, she was. Oh, she, she was a genuine. <laughs> and she was in a motorhome. Oh, she. Oh, yeah. So there was bedrooms. Tons of genuine going on. Yes, there. genuine. Just yeah, I could just okay, hear. He's the, playing the in there. He had a concert. The bass. Yes. So I roll into Moab. I get a signal. First thing I do is check with Randy. Hey, man, did you go to the hospital? Not yet. We're late. We're sleeping at the hotel room. I'm like, God dang it. It's three o'clock. Like, why didn't you go into the hospital? It was hospital? life or death, I thought. It was life or death the night before. So, well, dude, I ran out of blood. So then I'm, I'm like, hey, where's Rain? Are you out of gas? I'm out of blood. <laughs> I quit peeing on? blood, but I quit peeing also. And I quit breathing. Yeah, and I quit breathing. Twice. <laughs> so they said, we haven't heard from Raymond. And I'm like, God dang freak. it, that was him. That's him out in the desert sending that all these messages. That girl don't know what she messages. colors are. Oh, they were all screwed up. She's colorblind. We don't know what happened, officer. So I fill the bike up. Raymond's dead as And I ride somewhere. eight miles back out into the desert, and here comes Raymond. <laughs> well, I met the mayor from some city in Idaho, and he gave me a gallon. <laughs> Dude, he's at his wit's end, and I'm like. Hey, you almost killed somebody, Raymond. I'm like, how did you get behind us? He goes. Well, that one point was nice looking, so I pulled out there to sightsee, and I'm like, and we just motored on past. We had no clue, and he didn't tell us he was out there. Come on. He goes, y'all look straight at me, and I go, how far off the road were you? He goes, probably a half a mile. I'm like, well, of course we didn't see you, (laughs) jackass. God. So we make it on into town. So note to self, never, hey, I'll follow you too. No, no, I will not. I will never follow you. From now on, you just leave him, right? Randy's like, dude, we lost Raymond. Randy's like, fuck Raymond, man. (laughs) Yeah, he wanted me to quit pissing blood all night, so he just told me to keep peeing. 
That is so good. So, yeah. So when Raymond rolls into town, now Randy wants to go to the hospital. So he goes up there, and they're there for like seven hours. You know how it is, emergency room. You aren't, you're not going to go in there and get a scan and get out, right? <clears throat> they got to keep you there sure. to justify their $10,000 bill or whatever it's going to be. Especially if you have good insurance. Sure. Well, oh. he has good insurance. He's a retired Kaiser. firefighter. Let's give him the full yeah. the platinum package here, boys. <laughs> he's got everything. We diagnosed re- your insurance policy, and you're staying. <laughs> yeah, you're staying, dog. We need this money. So he, he gets to leave that night, and they're like, hey, stay on the pavement. And so I'm like, dang, that means the, that means the trip is over. We another, didn't come out here to ride. No, I didn't. I, I wasn't another one. Raymond's going to kill another guy. I didn't kill you last time, but I will this time. I wasn't holding to that. So Dang. I'm like, all right, dude, I'll, we're a day early. We were going to explore all of Moab and see all these famous Jeep trails, like the hot tubs and all Hell's Revenge or whatever. Devil's Backbone, did I go up there? I wanted to see that, right? Okay. So that's on my list. No, we didn't go. We just went to the hospital. Satan's ball sack? No. Devil's nut sack. That's what Raymond kept calling this one section. So I'm like, all right. I just made that So up. I'm sitting in Moab, and I punch in my map. That's not a real place. It says four and a half Cue hours back to the truck. <laughs> I'm like, hell, four and a half hours, man. I'll sit on a highway. I'll go four and a half hours. It's fine. Trip's over. So because Homeboy was on the BMW GS 1200 dirt bike, it's got two GPSs. And I'm like, oh, it's pouring down rain, by the way. I forgot to tell you this. The whole day that we're going to head back to the truck, it rained nonstop. So I'm like, well, I put my phone in the pocket, and I'll just trust the guy with two GPSs. sure. So four and a half hours is how far it said it was. At four and a half hours, we roll into Uray, Colorado. And he goes, it's only 150 more miles. And I'm like, what? Well, our truck is on the other side of those mountains right there in Uray, because all that's between Uray and my truck is Engineer Pass, and it's a hard, difficult climb up to 12,800 feet, but it's tw- it's like 21 miles. It's not even far. And they're all like, we're not riding dirt, man. And I go, it's 150 around, or it's 21 miles, and we can be done. Like I, you know, I'd walk the 21 before I rode 150. Well, that's the way I'll I feel, especially in yeah. pouring down rain, and it's getting colder. I'll right? see you there. It's yeah. like 48 at this point. We've already split twice anyway. When you say difficult... Give us a give what I just can't imagine. Yeah, I don't know for what a motocrosser, they would never say it's even like difficult. My, my driveway, okay. rah, like so no, it's, it's got big boulders, and, you're, I, and in the rain, it would have been tough. Tricky. The part that makes it difficult is you're carrying these bags on the back of your bike, throws the weight off, I get and it. you've got uh, tent and clothes and but tools. But anybody and, that motocrosses, you would have been like any on, motocrosser would just ride it. It's like, yeah, it's hard, but we we just it ain't that hard. Barry yeah. Higgins would carry his Barry bike. Higgins, yes, he would wouldn't carry even, it on his he'd bike. never dab a foot. He'd just clear Step it. Over. No, because then he'd hit that music would play he'd just and play he'd off go and, off into the clouds. And, yeah, and, that's a good point. So so I lose the battle. And at this God. point, Randy don't feel good for real. And I, he's got a lacerated kidney. That was the diagnosis. So it's kind of severe. And the doctor's yeah. like, stay on the pavement. Let I, me tell you something. <laughs> We're out there having a good time. We're doing all that shit. I, we motocross. We're, you know, tough guys, whatever. When they said my kidney was lacerated. It's ball game. I'd be like, hey, y'all don't mind. It's uh, Either you can put my bike. I'll get ship my it home. Or I'll do it Or I'll leave this motherfucker. And I'll come back next year and join <clears> you. That's going, the way I look at I'm it. I'm going to a real doctor. Yes. Well, that's where I And get like, unlacerated. I'm just Whatever's stay. lacerated, <laughs> we're I want to unlacerate. I want to be unlacerated as quickly as possible. Well, that's why I was trying to go with Randy and be like, all right, I'm riding pavement. Let's he, get it done. He Let's said get it pavement. Done. So 
so we head out of your ray and we're thinking 150 more miles. We're following the guy on the BMW. We get to a little town called Silverton, which is a cool old mining town. He turns left onto this dirt road. And I'm like, well. Randy or Raymond? No, the, Joe, the guy with the broken bed where the bears. Joe the bed breaker? Where oh, the bears attacked him. A lot of moving parts. A lot of moving parts. So, BBJ. But the road is very smooth. So I'm like, okay, we're fine. Well, then it starts getting rougher and rougher. And we end up at the does. base of this giant mountain. And Joe goes, well, man, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I'm running these GPSs, and it still says I have 150 more miles to go. God, it ain't working. So I pull my phone out, and it says 17 miles to the truck if you go up and over this mountain. And I'm like, dude, I you've 150 me to death. I ain't riding. I'm soaked to the core. The temperature's falling. And I'm going over that mountain, and I'm like, I'm going to ride up there to the very top and back. If it's smooth, I'm going to stop right here, and I'm going to say, Come on, it's smooth. So I do that. I go Daddy's up and got back. you. I'll come down and ride your bike for you. It goes rain, snow, hail. Oh, I turn shit. around, hail, snow, <laughs> rain. And now I'm down there flagging for them. Hey, come on. Come on, baby. It's come good. On, it's smooth. Dogs. Everything's good. It's all good. Well, I watch, and they turn around. Randy and Joe turn around, and they head back the way they came. And I'm like, if I got to go by myself, oh, by God. I am riding back. And that ain't a good idea up there to I ride get, by yourself. I get it. But I didn't care. So thankfully, it's better than riding with a lacerated. As far as the idea goes, it's better than riding with a lacerated. Well, it was smooth. Internal also. body part. They just didn't believe me when I said it was smooth. So Raymond and Brian come on with us. We go up and over the mountain back to the truck, and we're loading the trailer, and the phone rings, and it's Randy. Hey, where are you at? Oh my god! And I said, uh, we're loading the trailer, and he goes, seriously? I said, yeah, we're loading the trailer. He goes, damn. Joe just told me it's 150 more miles. We're in Durango, Colorado. And I'm like, looking on my map, it says it's four and a half hours from the truck. And he was just with me 35, 40 minutes ago. We were together. And now he's four and a half hours away by road. So I meet him. I load the trailer and I drive south and he comes north. He is soaked to the bone, dude. And it's 38 degrees. Oh, it it was the gnarliest difficult they rode he rode 11 hours in the rain on his motorcycle and still never made it back <laughs> you came and met him and just joined the, the ride and get him a hotel room and like we stayed another night and then we and flew out thought him day. out and got, got the i appreciate that but there's a lot of that i'm not doing no you're not doing any of that we would have just went over the mountain out of your race yeah. and we would have ah. had five total hours on the motorcycle ah. versus they had 11 dude and so Raymond, thankfully, volunteered to drive all my junk back because I, I had to fly home for Ava's homecoming, and I had a round trip. So I was going to fly back out on Monday, get the truck, drive it all home, and thankfully he had everything home by Saturday. He did a, like a 15-hour day, a 12-hour day, and then a three-hour to bring well, it Well, after in. riding a motorcycle for 11 hours. That's, <laughs> in the rain. The truck's nothing. <laughs> in the rain, dude. I'm Let talking me tell you, heat. And I know they're, you know – Obviously, you've got a lot of experience doing it, but for people that are motocrossers or even woods racers, that the two hours is a long time in the woods. But that's at your but, limit. But we're not riding at our limit. I that's not a stressful. Like <clears throat> I got suckered in riding a street bike to Daytona two times in my life. Oh, I could never do that. And oh my god, were you not into ICU by the time you got there, dude? Well, the first time I did it, it was super, super cool. I'd never, I really had only ridden dirt bikes. I'd never ridden a street bike more than I'd ridden one on a racetrack one time. Ah. And so my buddy calls on a Monday and says, Hey, we're going to Daytona on Wednesday. You should go with us. And I said, well, I don't have a street bike. 
He's like, well, you can get one. So on Tuesday you morning, get one? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Get so one. Go man, Tuesday them. morning, go steal one. I get the girl. Atlanta Advertiser that came out every Tuesday, <laughs> and I started going down the Atlanta Advertiser and calling people and offering them half of whatever they were asking for their street bikes. <laughs> And so I was getting my favorite used. kind of customer when you've got yeah. something listed. Uh, hung up on, I was like Cash tw- money. 23 yeah. or 24. So then a dude calls me back and says he had a little Yamaha 600, Seika 600. He's like, man, just come get this thing. It was like 1700 bucks. I mean, the thing was probably three grand new back then. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And uh, I checked the tire pressure, changed the oil, and rode it to Daytona. And by the time I got an hour from Daytona, I was ready to turn into oncoming traffic and end my life. It was terrible. Like, because I don't know how people do that. Because you know, you're so Sturgis. Like when you're young, you think, man, if I could drive, like we always from here, you make that trip to Panama city, which is like a lot of back roads, you know, not Mm -hmm. all interstate. And you always think, man, you could haul ass on a motorcycle. Well, I had no idea that you had to stop every hundred miles to get gas and then right. after a hundred miles, you're ready to freaking stop anyway and get up and hurting, stretch. Right? And it's not like you can grab a Coke and a pack of crackers and eat it on the way. Nope. That's another, it took us all day to get down there and I Dang. was dying. It was miserable, cold. And yeah. I said, I would never do that again until two years later when I got stuck. <laughs> I'll never do it again <laughs> until two years later. So I found out I don't have a whole lot of willpower and I'm pretty easy. Well, to my guys are anything. definitely saying I ain't never doing that again. You know, we're at 8,000 miles off road together. And, and this is the only trip we've ever had an issue. So I guess you know I'm what, fortunate. Year, to, give it a little time. Everything will kind of chill out. Yeah. Well, they'll, they'll you know, forget the pain. The laceration will go away. The bears. They'll become more attracted to bears. Mm-hmm. Eventually, the bears will seem like a good thing. It only hurts the first 42 times. Right. (laughs) Exactly. You had some good love until you had some bear love. So you come home from that, dude. You don't even want to see a motorcycle. Grant Hoffman was at my house. He's like, dude, let's go ride Sunday. And thankfully, it rained too much. Because I was almost going to go ride. And I'm like, I don't want to even see Is he still at your house? No. Oh, he left. He went home. There's a Sprint Enduro this weekend we could go to. Really? We don't have to ride XRs, do we? No, we could okay. ride. We could ride real bikes, but we just. Why not? Uh, those are awesome. Saturday at Rock Crusher Farms up in yeah, Blue yeah. Ridge. Man, I want to do one of those. Those seem Let's like go. the ideal. I got, I got Hondas. I have to announce Lazy River. Oh, oh, they're racing what Saturday, is the, Sunday. Yep. What is the race? What is it? Uh, it's a Georgia Mega yeah. Southern All Stars, the big one. Okay. Yeah. So it's Saturday and Sunday, but which is cool. Nicholas, you don't want to go race at Lazy River and I'll go sort of relive the glory. If you'll when you go, I'll go. I'll go anywhere. You know that. When you qualified out of that state, do you want to go? I'll go state. race it just to hang Answer. out with Kevin. Say I'd right have now. to race Sunday. I can't race Saturday. Sunday it is. I don't know that I can go Sunday. I'm going. To, I've got a party both nights, so I'm going to be hungover. <laughs> I'm going to be hungover. I'm going to be two nights hungover on Sunday. Who was it used one. to say they rode better hungover? Was this one of our everybody? Friends? It's not me. Not I don't. Bill Belts. Yeah, Bill Belts. <laughs> Probably. Rides way better hungover. Sure. So, I'm gonna call Tyler Behrman. They're okay. out there in Kansas. Hey, he rides dirt bikes. He does. He's, He's in Kansas. Good. He knows about open land with no gas stations. He's there. in Kansas. He's still in Kansas. Dude, Kansas is the long. Is that the one next to Missouri that it's I more than a feeling? Fourteen hours. hours? Yep. I went to Topeka to the Evil Knievel Museum. Yep. I'm sure Tyler's been there. Where's he? What city's he in? More than a feeling. Fort Scott. More than a feeling, Kansas. Fort Scott, Kansas. More than a feeling. That's the only Kansas Kevin. song I know. What up, Tyler? How we doing, dude? How are you doing, you guys? I've got uh, I've got you live on the show with my buddy Nick and uh, uh, John Watkins. Don't even hesitate. Like, oh uh, yeah, I can't remember this guy's name. Whatever. 
But uh, yeah, man, we just uh, we wanted to chat with you for a bit and see what's going on with uh, Red Bull Imagination. See if you're a or you're not jumping shit right now, are you? Maybe. Mm. Did you come up short? Yeah, he might have. He hung up on you, dude. I think That's he's had. Hey, we we yep. said John's name. He You're hung back. Up. Are you back? Can you get? Can you guys hear me? Yes. You got? Can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, we're actually driving out of the course right now. So just leaving the course as we speak and going through a little bit of a road. Yeah. Just never know what's going to give us service. Yeah, I know that little dirt, dirty, dusty little road getting out of there. Luckily, uh, we got a little bit of rain last night. Okay. And um, the do the roads are not quite as dusty as they have been, but uh, it's coming back real quick. It's been yeah. dry out here and Currently, uh, and it looks like a masterpiece <laughs> out there. And uh, the boys have been hard at work, so earned earned the rider a beer on the way home now. So I'm currently drinking beer, heading home to cook right. some dinner and get yeah. these deals boy to get these boys fueled up for the next couple of days. That's a big that's a big to do. I got actually just uh, the opportunity to see it firsthand and watching you guys um, that last. Uh, last year, whenever it was you and Axel, and it was like you jump stuff, and then I was standing next to Axel's dad, uh, Mr. Hodges, and he was like, "Oh shit, that means Axel's got to like trick it and jump it." He's like, "Oh fuck!" Like he was stressing <laughs> about it, and the wind was going nuts. And thank God you guys just said, "You know what? We're good with this. If you're good with this, we're gonna just shut it down here." Yes. Remember that? That was cool. Yeah. Remember that time? It, it was. Remember that time yeah, when you I did tell people when you big you did big jumps. It was cool. Yeah, dude, I tell people this all the time that either took and or added ten years to my life, and I'm gonna go ahead and say that it added ten years of my life because it worked. But that's something that I will never forget till the day I'm telling my grandkids and great grandkids how crazy of an asshole Grandpa was. <laughs> <laughs> no, so so what what I was trying to say was that you you were supposed to go into the final. You and Axel, and it was just, it was, it, it looked like it was gonna end with somebody just eating shit, and, and nobody wanted that. Like it ended cool, and the way you guys were like, "Are you cool with the end of this?" Because I'm cool with it, and you can have yeah. it. You can take the win, bitch. I don't care. Yeah. I'm, I'm alive. Yeah, it, uh, it ended up working out really well. Unfortunately, you know, Mother Nature, she's in charge, and we're, uh, we're along for the ride. So it made it a little bit tough during the contest of having all the, the win. But the, the original day that I hit the thing, then. Me and Axel, to your point earlier, me and Axel have such a friendly rivalry with each other that, like, we can't see one another hit something and not do it. And and in my eyes, like, that brings out the best riding in, in each other. So um, the fact that we did that together and pushed each other in the in the right direction to basically face our fears and overcome them and uh, just seeing him do that. And then, yeah, jumping back to the contest day with the wind and, and – PH, you know, seeing, yep. knowing how me and Axel operate together and seeing that, knowing that Axel is going to hit it and win and then do a trick too to warm up me, of course, because um, you don't want your buddy to outdo you, right? So um, the fact that he threw the trick in and had his, had it all stressing, but, you know, once once we both completed our runs and we had a run laid out in our head and we completed that run at the end of the day that that's what we set out to do and the wind made it sketchy so we 
we switched it up and were able to take our second runs together and kind of pick the line that we wanted and some jumps that were somewhat hidden by the wind and uh, be able to have fun together and put on a show for the people that were there. And, and that, in my eyes, that's what free riding is all about. Yeah, so fast forward to this year, and we've uh, been doing some production meetings. David Eiser and I, the OGs of free ride announcing, as you well know, <laughs> we're, we're motocross announcers, but they're bringing us out to to do the uh, announcing for you guys. Um, we're looking at uh, like a kind of a new format with uh, you know a team concept. Yeah, so the new format I think is going to be really cool. Kind of each each and every athlete have have a discipline or or. A, a strong suit, if you will, of something they're good at. So being able to have each person bring what they're good at to the table for their team. So again, it'll be 10 athletes once again, like last year, but each there'll be two team captains, uh, Twitch's team and Robbie Madison's team. And it'll be the athletes, the 10 athletes will be split between five each team. So we'll basically be going head to head with the other team and allowing everyone to do basically bring their strengths to the table and and try to get extra points for their team to beat the other team so um and if any given day you take all of us out and we're in a natural environment natural setting and that's basically free riding in a nutshell so having this contest um it kind of takes away from a little bit of the free ride feel because it kind of puts us back in a box based on how it was the last couple of years so i think this year with the team format i think is going to be really cool everyone will bring their strengths to the table to uh to try to beat the other team and we can kind of work together which is what free riding is all about that's the in in my my years of free riding so far the, everything that i've seen the craziest riding has been from sessions where everyone's feeding off of each other and the, the natural progression tends to happen rather than being forced into like, you know, your, your run, you drop it this time and you got to make it work. So uh, we get to kind of naturally work together as a team and with our respected team to beat the other respected team. So um, new format, new concept, new idea, and hopefully it, uh, it works out. So you never know unless you try. So we're, we're definitely damn, damn gonna try that's for sure well there's will there still be a an overall individual win or will it just be team scores i think uh it'll be the two teams but yes there will be an overall still an overall. head winner of of the whole event itself the event day and then throughout the whole week so the nice. judges will be there most of the week um this year we have uh, Twitch being a judge again, Steve Hogelstein, which is in my eyes, if you ask me for uh, what free riding is, I just see a picture of Steve Hogelstein's face. Yeah. Um, Steve Hogelstein's head judge, and then have Twitch, Matto, and Ronnie Feist, and then Jimmy Hill in the mix. So nice. we have a really good lineup of uh, of judges that all have they're all creative in their own eyes and, and they kind of see it on a different scale. And that's the whole idea with this event. Creativity is king. And at the end of the day, what's, what's provided me so much is, is, you know, I grew up racing and I kind of switched over to free riding and jumping and stuff. And I never really was a trick guy or a freestyle guy, if you will. So this is not quite, everyone likes to say, you know, this is the coolest event in freestyle or FMX, but it's not 
necessarily, like, I will say it is FMX, but it's probably not freestyle because, like, you don't have to have the crazy biggest tricks to have to walk away with the yeah, win. It's almost this, like you a know? hybrid. We all kind of, it's like SMX this weekend, dude. It's, super, it's motocross, supercross. It's, it's, it's free riding and freestyle. And, and with this whole event, you know, we, I was able to go down to Moto Sandbox to Jason Baker's facility and ride with Kenny and I got Kenny to hit some big jumps and I was trying to poke the bear of Kenny to get to come to imagination. And uh, unfortunately the old super duper motocross fell on the same weekend. So um, because that's happening, you know, that the, if I can get a super motocross racer out here to, to just see this with their own two eyes and how much skill they have on the track, they could bring that to these courses. Yeah. Uh, my goal with this whole thing, mine and Jason's goal is to show the fun and in, in what we do and convert super motocrossers one day at a time. <laughs> well, Kenny should have came because obviously this weekend it didn't work out for him. He should have been with you guys. Right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. There you go. yeah that last work. last time, last time he spent the week with us. Need the next weekend. Bears, you cut out. Yeah, we lost you there for a I second. Said, you got me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got you now. Okay, so yeah, I said last time Kenny did that and spent a week with us before a race. Yeah, he won, right? He spent a week with us in Florida and he went to Indy and he won that weekend. So yeah. there's proof in the pudding there that having fun sometimes does a lot for uh, for your game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, speaking of fun, and like we'll just shift gears. Like Red Bull Imagin Imagination is coming up. Uh, uh, Jason Baker has built, an, I'm guessing, another masterpiece. Has he moved a bunch of dirt? Because there's a shit ton of dirt there already. Good Lord, I don't know how you move much more. Uh, man, that's one. <clears throat> you know, I get this question a lot. A lot of people ask me, like, what do you do with the course when you're done? Do you guys flatten it? And uh, we have a really good relationship with the Blairhouse family that owns the property. And they're totally cool with us leaving it. So when we leave Sweet. the day after the contest every year, the thing sits all year, it gets weathered on and, and gets rained on and, and sometimes snow, ice over everything, and come back the next year, everything's still how we left it. And all those mounds of dirt that they've created from nothing are there. And mm. dirt with the excavators in the dump truck and you're moving dirt around, next thing you know, you got couple landings built and then next thing you know on those landings comes another five ten jumps on on each mound of dirt so it's honestly i i can't even put it into words being able to see it come to life from the ground up and then with you know our fourth year of the event um being here on the ground and seeing it come to life once again i leave this event every single year like man, how the hell are we going to one-up ourselves yeah. from the course this year? And Jason and his crew, the whole Dream Tracks crew, they're basically building this stuff and, and riding it mentally as they're building it. And it's they've created another masterpiece. This is uh, literally, a, I, I say it all the time too, It's a, I get to be out here and watch a live art installation, what these guys do. It's a, more or less a, a Jason, like obviously Dream Tracks, Kansas is flat, man. Kansas has a lot of wind. There you go. It has a lot of wind, and it is flat, but these guys make an elevation, and he's uh, 
he's able to be in his own creative element and be able to build what he's always wanted to and, and not been able to. And um, it's pretty insane to, to, you know, just as much as this is my imagination, it's his and his whole crew. So um, it's a, it's a work of art and, and, you know, they're, they're artists and their paintbrushes are done. It's got to be a nice break, though. I mean, they're carving up stuff for instead of raw speed being the goal. Finally, it's like Just we're not focused on a stopwatch here. We're, they jump over trees, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Big ass oak trees. Yeah, but okay, so they leave it all year long, right? So when they, they come back, they grass then, it over, right? Well, yeah. when they come back next year to redo it or get it up again, do you think that they. Like just push all the dead rednecks over to the side, or the ones bury that, them that do- live there. And yeah, the there. ones that sneak in during That's the a good question. The ones the- that skip the gate fee. Tyler, yeah. can you through Calhoun that? Music Land? Are you there? Yeah, you, yeah. You don't want to. Uh, he's out here because he might find himself at the bottom of the landing. <laughs> See, that's what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, that's what about. I'm saying. So, close. If, 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 you, if y'all leave that all year, you know there's some rednecks in there and die while yeah. y'all are gone. So when they come back, <laughs> when they come back and do the track next year, I wonder if they just like you say there's some kicker? new jumps. Is, is yeah. there a guy on the face of that jump? There's a dead guy on the after, face. After like of that. after the, by the first be, hour, there's a never kicker. Know, there might be some. There might be some tallies down there. Yeah, there you go. Like you're like, dude. I'm sure I, I think this wearing thin at the face of that jump, yeah, and I think I saw an AXO team. jersey. <laughs> Some dead dude there. There's a dead guy there. Hey, whose idea was it? Like, take me through, like, was it conversations you had with uh, Steve Shearer or Jason Baker? Or, like, because I've, I've been a part of like a Red Bull think tank down in Florida one time where, like, hey, if you had two million bucks, what would you come up with? Like, how did that this even come about? Think about it. So we planted corn for. 290,000 acres. If you build it. Kansas has the most corn you've ever seen. Are you back? I'm back. You got me? Yep. All right. So funny story with this. So I was down for my first Red Bull project when I first did Red Bull. I was down at uh, Moto Sandbox filming a project. For a week. I had a lot of time to uh, weather and I'm going to kill this. I'm going to kill this and try to redial this. Sometimes FaceTime audio, which sounds crazy. I don't have FaceTime, bro. I'm on an Android. Your call has been oh, forwarded. This guy's from another planet. I was amazed when we're joking around that he's still like, yeah, a lot of corn out there. Like, I'm just throwing that in there. And he's like, yeah, there's a lot of corn. So anyway, what we did, so, yeah, he, can, he can hear us perfect. Yeah. And he probably thinks we're losing our mind. Just yeah. Or does he just talk like that? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I thought I would just hang up on you and try to reestablish our connection, see if that worked better. Because you might have been on the old a, tower. A lot, of, a lot of times it uh, it works. I'm actually funny story that you say that. I'm actually on the dirt road and I'm passing the course that they built for Ryan Dungey's retirement video. Oh, the, the corn field field tracks. Dude, I didn't know that was um, where that was. Now, yeah, maybe. Can you hear me? I think he can hear us perfectly. I bet you can hear us good. We just were struggling hearing you. 
What if like somebody come out of one of them cornfields? Or no, what if like a rental car came blasting out of the cornfield yeah, and drilled killed. him in the no, side? A Trans Am, terrible. man. Yeah, like cool. a 78 Trans Am came busting out of that cornfield? Nick's checking with every rental agency. Do you have any 78 Trans Ams? He had a lot of friends, didn't he, Daddy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did, Junior. <laughs> he did, boy. <laughs> he had a lot. So uh, it's very flat and it is very rural out there. Do you know where he's at? Well, Kansas I didn't know where is I was the going. longest state in America. It takes like 18 hours to drive across the no, thing. No, that's Texas, bro. 14 hours, my bad. Texas Straight the corn boy. the whole way. I burned a camper down the minute we crossed into Did Colorado. Did you know Georgia is the biggest state east of the Mississippi? I didn't. Square footage or square, square miles or whatever? Yeah. No, I didn't know sure. that. Square meters. 300 but, feet. So 300 why, why Does it work for Kansas? the metric system, too, or just... Miles. Oh, I think it's just miles. There's no way it's kilometers. Hey, what about so? How in the world, Kansas? You seem to know a little bit about this. Like, why did they go to Kansas? Uh, well, I, the what I was told when I was out there, Adam LaRoche, former Braves player, his kids started riding dirt bikes, and he doesn't play around. He goes, "I'm gonna get the best guy in the world to build me a dirt bike track." Calls Jason Baker. Oh wow! <laughs> Jason Baker comes up, builds a little fun track. And then the idea is kind of tossed about. They're like, hey, if we had a place to do something, you know, who's got whatever? And that place came up because Jason Baker was involved with because he does uh, straight rhythm. He does yeah. Moto Sandbox and other well, places. He builds a lot of people's Yeah, track. so he's like, I, I got a place that, that it might work. And it's Adam LaRoche's place. And if you know who Adam LaRoche is, he played for the Atlanta Braves for many, many years. Yeah. I was a big fan of him. I was like, holy shit, that's Adam LaRoche. So, and, he, and he hosts a my buddies in the hunting world. All my buddies down here are like, dude. He owns a ranch that, like, it's Chipper Jones, mm. Adam LaRoche, and another guy own a beef company and a ranch where they harvest whatever. So it's yeah. they're a big deal out there. Okay. Did not know that till I got out there. So that's that first the baseman's name. He's got a rancher there, too. Maybe he's in with those. Ryan uh, Kleska. It might be. Yeah, it might it, be. It might be a few. It's, there's a handful of dudes. I know it's LaRoche, Chipper, and another dude that started this ginormous hunting and cattle company and yeah. they serve the beef like all over. You can buy their specific beef. So. Well, I hope he'll he'll call back in. I mean it's I was just gonna give it a minute. It's very I, interesting. Yeah, know? I wanted to, there's a lot I wanted to talk about, like from his you know, how he got involved with Red Bull and mm -hmm. Fast House and you know, all this other stuff that he got involved with. It's so flat out there though, like I said, it was like it's pretty rural. It's rural, man. That's rural. the signal problem. There's yeah. nobody. There's no people. We'll try one more time. Great. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Man. I knew he was going to say we're, we're staying the course, bro. I'm not giving up. Well, no, you shouldn't. You, team never give up. We no. never give up. No, you sound um, good now. And we're about to, we're pulling back into the, to the property. and <laughs> I hope nothing bad happens. So, Are, yeah. Do you need help? Can I, do I need to send help out there? I actually... No, they, we got all the help we need out here. Yeah, they don't need you dragging down the morale, Kevin. No, I don't want to. <laughs> Damn it. Um, so, I don't know where you guys lost me at, but I was saying that you asked me about how this whole thing came up. Yes, um, yes. I was, I was at Jason Baker's facility in Moto Sandbox in Florida, and we were filming my first Red Bull project back in 2018. Um we got rained out. It rained for about a week. We had basically two hours of filming in a whole week because we had so much rain, and we just sat around most of the time talking about 
just ideas and stuff. And I had this idea of this event that I wanted to do. And it was just more or less like a pipe dream for me. And, uh, Baker came back to me and said, Oh, I have this property that I've worked at. And that's actually where I built the Ryan Dungey cornfield video or the hmm. cornfield track. And he said, let's go and do a site check at this place and check it out. There's one hill that I think would be really good for it. So we ended up doing a site check and, and yeah, once I came and saw it and met Adam, the, the owner of the property, Adam LaRoche, he was a well-respected MLB player and played baseball and um, owns a ton of land out here, hunting range. So uh, he, was, he was more than happy to help with the cause and, and let us this course. That's pretty cool. Keep talking, man. Don't give up on me. Maybe just maybe play some genuine, dude. I'm <laughs> Let's have some sex. Or feeling something. really low. Dang it. Listen, man, if it's raining up in here, I mean, so somebody's getting I'll nailed. finish the story. So anyway, Adam LaRoche, <laughs> they had built this big baseball field in a cornfield. And, right, and, Tyler? Yeah, Kevin Costner was there. Kevin Costner was oh, there. He, cool. was, yeah. he was He was directed them you know he was like yeah. showing them how to do it and get they had uh shoeless joe jackson showed wow. up the 1918 red sox yep. sjj and so they thought the same thing about a motocross track so they build okay. this cornfield motocross track and they're like build a dream if you build it they, they will come they will retire and so they're sitting there they and they build jump. it and they put bleachers outside and they're all sitting around one night and they're like shit nothing's happening and then, and out, then out, out of the cornfield corn starts here comes barry higgins and out of the cornfield and just I mean, wow. it, it was on. It's been That's every, a true story. Ever since. Yeah, a true story. That's the way they used to sound back then. Burha. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the way it went. Dang, that's cool, Tyler. So uh, this might be the all-time worst self-service I've ever. Like I've been it's doing this Kansas, for a long time. It's Kansas, dog. No, I get it, man. I mean, and it's not Tyler's fault, obviously. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's all his. He fault. hates us. He I hates know us. he hates us. And cut. I can tell. So anyway, he's actually got good service. He just keeps. Uh, 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 <laughs> Uh, He's the most genuine dude too, man. He is he, genuine. Sure he, oh Gen- shit! <laughs> you want it? I'm just a bachelor. <laughs> but so anyway, finish your story. Uh, John Tyler. was. John was. I I didn't want to keep going. I had to turn the chair song, around bro. backwards and. <laughs> oh oh hey, look, snap! Kyle look who came you. crawling back. <laughs> Does, <laughs> hey, this is Does a battle of attrition. I call you back. Hell, yeah, dog, that might help. Why not? I, you know the funny thing is, there is a cell tower about seventy-five feet from my property. So, I don't know what the what the problem is, but whatever. We're here for the duration. Well, you got you guys are in luck because I'm officially back at the barn and we're back on Wi-Fi. So yeah, oh, yeah. The old, kicking it. The, Sick. The old uh, the old dirt road it never fails on losing service and yeah. Um, you know I'm not gonna lie, Kevin. When I knew that this was at seven, I was at back out at the course and Jason reminded me about it like. Cause you texted him and I was like, Oh yeah, shit. What time is it? And I'm like, okay, I have 20 minutes. I'm probably not going to make it back in time. So you had to deal with that. And I'm sorry, but I'm back. No, it's all here. For no, I, this I appreciate you, you taking some time out and letting us in on your day and you know, just the whole event. And we just kind of wanted to circle back. Cause I just, I watched some of your, uh, uh, the video that 805 boys did for you about a year ago and kind of gives everybody really 
good idea of like how this all started for you because like you're one of the pioneers in terms of content and making money not racing supercross or motocross yeah it's uh it's it's pretty cool to honestly to make that that documentary film with 805 and to give people a little insight of what's gotten me to where i am um in that like ending that documentary and kind of you know when i started with my red bull journey and getting on red bull for the first time in 2018 it's uh it's allowed me to do a lot more and basically live by that motto that I've always said of like creating content. And, uh, you know, I had guys like Twitch and stuff helping me when he stopped the competing in contests and then started doing his own content. And I kind of, you know, was hurt racing and, and coming back from injuries and would get out there with him. And then and the next thing you know, he told me like, you ain't, a free, you ain't a racer, you're a free rider. And then it's just opened up so many doors for me and I couldn't be more thankful and grateful for, for all of it. And um, yeah, here we are on my dream child, a baby of an event that I've always imagined and dreamed up. And, and now we're on year four of it and it's uh, exceeded and, and blew my intentions out of the water of what I ever, pictured so uh yeah again like i said thankful and grateful well if if you circle back though i mean how do how do you go from a motocross racer to a red bull athlete in in a totally different genre of, of dirt bikes um that's a great question actually and i think being a free rider having a racing background and and skill on the bike it translates very, very, very well. And growing up, like I was, you know, did amateur nationals forever. I grew up racing flat track and kind of always been a racer, but I always just like, when I've switched from flat track and started wanting to do motocross and started jumping, I remember having a PW50 jump in that thing in my backyard until I snapped the frame in half. And all I wanted to do was jump. So it just more or less made sense for me. I was most comfortable in the air and it translates, like I said, very well. And yeah, fortunately enough, I've had a lot of amazing people in my corner to help like light the, light the fire and guide the way in a sense. And, um, you know, with the, that timing of everything and coming from racing and, and social media now, like, becoming a thing and, and basically taking over our lives um i kind of fell into it at the perfect time hmm. and it's allowed me to be able to do this and, and call it my job now and and i would say that prior to that when i was racing yes it was still my job but i sure as hell wasn't making a lot of money and and not saying that i am now but i'm able to the money that I'm making, I'm able to save and reinvest into myself instead of just spending it all to get to the next race. Yeah. Hey, who do you think if you just had to, and I probably have a good idea who you might say, let's say this all happened. This social media stuff was happening. Start pick 1992 who back in the nineties <laughs> would have crushed it at social media and doing this whole free ride <sighs> stuff. Maybe they're not the best racer, but who's the guy that you're like, dude, that guy would have crushed in 95 like mm. Mike, Mike St. Mars or you know what I mean like Metzger Damon, Damon Bradshaw Guy Cooper Cooper yeah I could I could see Cooper for sure um, I think I think if you're looking at like how 
motorcycle racing or motor the motorcycle industry as a whole at least dirt bike industry it went from just racing to like racing and then freestyle and it was one or the other you were a racer you're a freestyler and the freestylers were like the black flag of the industry right so um if you were to say like where i'm at now the fmx industry if social media was around in the early 90s all those dudes would be in jail (laughs) (laughs) documented i think like there's probably a really good that there wasn't social media in the 90s and i will say even you know you throw like in the likes of the crusty crew of the racers as in a sense at that time they were in crusties of say mcgrath and emig and and um buddy antonis denny stevenson all these guys like it's it's probably a good thing that there was no social media back then you know (laughs) yeah denny would have crushed it he would have crushed it. He would have, uh, Denny would have, Denny would have done great. And, and he'd probably, if he'd have stayed alive. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And, and he would probably find him on OnlyFans now. If that <laughs> yeah, was right. Case. God bless <laughs> Whatever. OnlyFans. That's great. Mm. Yeah. So where, where I was going, I guess, looping back to this when we were trying this whole service thing, um, this idea of this event, uh, this whole talk started with us getting rained out in Florida and talking about this idea of this event that I wanted to do. And Jason told me he had this property that he'd worked at in the past, which was Ryan Dungey's cornfield track. And he also built a track for Adam when Adam retired from baseball. So um, he had this property that he wanted us to, he wanted to bring me at, or bring me to, to, to do a site check. We did a site check. Adam was completely on board with the, our vision and, um, allowed us to go out to part of his property and, and build, a like I can confidently say one of a kind course. And it's now in my eyes, probably the craziest course that's ever been created. I would say up to this point, like. Jason Baker obviously has done all the X fighters and stuff over the years, but they did the um, X fighters at Glen Helen was a really crazy course. And this is, I can confidently say the craziest creation ever created for, you know, our genre of our sport. So um, what it's turned into is kind of beyond my words a little bit, but uh, it's, um, it's very special, the whole thing. So just very, very fortunate. I, I happen to say that, you know, this more or less fell into my lap in a way, but I've the older I'm getting and learning that a lot of these things, like nothing's really random. And what you put out, the vibe and, and, and the, yeah. the dedication that you put out, you received back. And, and when I met Adam and the family here and, and they just took me in with open arms, it was, it was a no brainer. And, you know, there's a lot of talks with this event and, and hopefully in the future, I would love to travel it around, but something about this place and this vibe and the dirt roads and the freedom that we get out here, it's, it's something special and and something you can't really put into words. So um, in my eyes, I would never like to take, take it away from this place because it's, it's, um, it's an experience that you get when you come here with, meeting the LaRose family and, and yeah. the beautiful property and, and, you know, they're bringing in military veterans to, to meet us and mingle with us and, and teaching them how to ride. And we put them in, in mm-hmm. equipment and just all these things. And, and Adam 
it's you know adam is, himself is a stand-up dude he's he's has a foundation that they combat human trafficking and he's constantly on working on that and and basically going out and rescuing trafficked children in places and reuniting them with their families so that just speaks wonders and volumes of the kind of person that he is and he's just down to help others out and see others succeed to see others succeed so um it's something special about it and and again like it's it's uh it's something that i i never it, it it honestly blew my own imagination completely out of the water of just like i didn't ever expect this at all so the very first time you rolled into this property i mean i i just drove through kansas about a week ago it took like 15 hours to go from the east to the west and nothing but flat cornfields so is there any elevation on the property is it did you guys create the elevation was there because you said baker said there was uh, one hill or something yeah, so there's one hill that where they have a hunting tower. Actually, the tower is like 40 to 60, maybe 40 to 60 feet high. The thing is massive tower. Okay. And um, the one hill that it's on, a funny story, is actually the highest elevation in this whole county. <laughs> wow. And we doubled that elevation with sizes of our dirt mounds for yeah. landings and takeoffs of jumps. So um that's pretty cool. crazy like when i i'm pretty jaded in the sense of like growing up in california we have beaumont ritchie canyon all this crazy terrain yeah. octeo wells wells glamis all this in our backyard and when jason told me that there was awesome elevation there's a hill on in this one part of the I mean, that's yeah, what he's on this one part of the property yeah. that, and then I got there and I saw it. I'm like, this is the elevation you're talking about. And right. again, it was a grass field before we started. So to be able to see what's in Jason's brain of how he can create elevation, say there's a, a say a 30 foot hill of elevation and he cuts into that hill five feet down and pulls it. Yeah. pulls it 20 feet back they're generating the most dirt you've ever seen and once i saw that then then it started clicking and making sense to me of how he's more or less creating this out of nothing and that's that's where he's made his living in his bread and butter building tracks in florida florida is the same there's not a ton of elevation he's making elevation out of nothing and and sand sand piles yeah Hey, uh, tell me how, like, you have two awesome partners. Like, I know Kenny and Fonzie are awesome, and they help facilitate dreams. And that's, from my understanding and working with Red Bull, they help facilitate just, like, what are your wildest dreams? And, dude, like, you could not have partnered with two radder companies that have the almost identical visions. In fact, hell, they work together on yeah. Day in the Dirt. It's like, man, you, you, you hit a home run with both those dudes. Yeah, I really did, man. And that's, uh, that's something that, like – it takes me back to whatever you put out, you get, you receive. And, um, and just fortunate enough to, to meet partners that see the same goal and vision and see the things similarly to I do that I do. So, um, yeah, just very stoked to be build the relationship with each and every one of these people. And, and in my eyes, like relationships are more and more important than 
a contract or a dollar amount and these relationships are long lasting and, and, you know, friends are family and these friends have turned into family. So, um, have such a great support team. And, and to that point, like when I first got on Red Bull and I sat down with a couple of the, the bigger bosses and, and they told me, you know, like you're doing X games and you're doing all this stuff. Like, that's amazing. Like, I don't want you to change that, but like, what we want at Red Bull, all we care about is like we just want the craziest content out of your brain. Like whatever your wildest dreams are, if you write down ten crazy concepts and we should like sit uh, sift through those, and then you come up with two projects out of those ten, and we can make your dreams reality, then that's why we're signing you. So once I heard that, then it kind of made me think completely differently on on how I do what I do. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just been such a blessing and, and that's something that I've worked so hard for, for so long to get to that point coming from racing and, and to be able to hear that straight from the horse's mouth of the bosses and, and gave me a good peace of mind to like, okay, like you're, you're on the right track. Just keep, keep, keep grinding at it. And, and eventually your dreams will become reality. And, and case in point, I'm standing here, in, in a place that succeeded my dreams in reality. Yeah. Did NOS <laughs> in did, did NOS energy ever come hard for you? Mm. I know they the boys tried, at, but you know, I told, I, I, yeah, they give you some extra NOS. Um, <laughs> I was trying to pick the cheesiest they, energy they, drink I could come up with. No, what about Redline, bro? Like Redline come hard full for throttle, you? Full, full throttle. Full throttle. Full throttle. Yes. <laughs> It makes so sense. Full throttle. I mean, what a business <laughs> strategy, though. I mean, your Red Bull, it's so, like, that's inspiring to hear, man. They, they're they not thinking, all right, we need you to sell this many cases. You know, none of that. It's a, it's a dream. You're, you're fortunate. Now, look man. at what Robbie Madison, like, on that their, their New Year's Eve thing they did yeah. for a couple of years. Like, they could have put $5 million into ads. Yeah. Or they could take over ESPN for an hour on New Year's Eve. That's the genius of Red Bull. Like they're, they're marketing. And I'm sure Tyler, you can speak to this. Like you probably have heard stuff. You're like, shit, man, these dudes are like next level the way they market. They think differently. Yeah. And that's, that's a, that's something that as a kid and they're always seeing all these crazy events and it's just like, Oh, that's such a dream. Like, but it's almost like a pipe dream. Like, Oh, being a Red Bull athlete, like at one point. And then now that it's a reality, like, the fact that they're able to go to the athletes and listen to the athletes instead of say a promoter coming up with an idea and it goes the promoter's way, it mm -hmm. ends up being for athletes by athletes and they yeah. get to, and, and ultimately when they do that and do this content and they get the views back that right there in itself sells can't. So, much. so without basically paying you to be like, Oh, you have to, have a can in hand all the all the time, every yeah. day, every, every interview, post, whatever, dude. to to sell cans. It just it's not naturally like organically happens by the the way that they put their effort into their athletes, and that speaks volumes back. So that's something to be said about you know, you see others, and not pointing any fingers, but other energy drink companies and their logos just absolutely everywhere. Red Bull's really good at like making it that exclusive and the exclusivity of it that they can kind of give back to the athletes with that is is um something that's super special and, and that's 
something that Red Bull, you know, that I tell people this all the time, it's it's the things that Red Bull doesn't put in writing that are so good for the athletes of their athlete performance gener- or their athlete performance center and their gym and their rehab center and all this stuff that they no matter what happens to you whenever wherever they're there to help you so that's so cool dude i i again, I, that's the things they don't put in writing i got to tour a that the the human performance center you, you you talk about the hyperbaric chamber and all that stuff they have out in california and then they have a little place here in atlanta early on in my dealings with red bull um i saw i walked into the offices and it kind of spoke to me of how they work it there was a ginormous photo of a cliff diving event they did 50,000 people, beautiful venue, and then it had one little Red Bull umbrella in the very corner of the picture. And I'm like, I get it, man. They're so subtle. They're not in your face. They're not whoring it out. It's just, hey, man, it's a bitching event. When you think about drinking something. When you're still talking about it. Yeah. And that's 20 years ago. Correct. I remember seeing it. Yeah, you're still talking about this little bitty mean, I mean, think this. The first time I walked into the Red Bull headquarters in Santa Monica, the first time I walked in, before I even signed, I walk into the headquarters, and the first thing I see is Felix Baumgartner's fucking space suit. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, this company put a dude in space yeah. and let him jump from space. Like, <laughs> that right there was like, whoa, this is like, this is real. Yeah. Like, this is like a dream come true in every way. Tyler, let me tell you my little Red Bull story, Tyler. My growing up, my dad had <laughs> convenience stores, right? He had some convenience stores, and this is like early '90s, and it's I guess Red Bull just came to America. I don't know what the exact timeline was. Right. Yeah, mid '90s. So, literally, there was a guy in an Astro van with Red Bull on the side of it. And some he guy would, named Dietrich. That's yeah. so weird. He's and he would come by and sell it. Like <laughs> hello, Dietrich. he comes by and I'm at the store, and he's like. Hey, yeah, we got this product, Red Bull. It's doing really well. You know, you know if you guys want to carry it, they cost you a dollar. They sell for two dollars. And back then, you could buy like a twenty ounce Coke for sixty nine cents. And I felt sorry for the guy and bought like four cases. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, man. And I remember telling my dad, I'm like, man, this poor guy's gonna go broke. Nobody's, like, there's, nobody's gonna pay two dollars. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's gonna pay two dollars for and a you're jolt cola. Why you gotta pay one dollar. Right? Yeah. And then, and then you're turns like, I into, should invest in it. Oh, you can't because you know, yeah. And then it turns into a global phenomenon in the energy, <laughs> like the energy drink. <laughs> so was it Dietrich in the uh, Astro? Van? It was. It was actually him and Astro Van <laughs> going door to door. <laughs> door, to door. <laughs> but yeah, they were li- almost selling Red Bull door to door when they first got here. And so as it's blown up and being involved in motocross and and seeing all their athletes and all that, I'm like, man, it's that is a story market. right there. Because it is very yeah, exclusive for I sure. Mean, I, every time I like think about the grand scale of Red Bull, I think about that dude riding around like they're like, dude, we can cold we can, selling can, cases of Red Bull. We can throw a shit ton of ads up. We can throw mark, you know, billboards up, or we can create Red Bull soapbox therapy, an event flu that people will talk about for hundred thousand people. And it's free and it's fucking dope, and, and it like, becomes a tradition. Dude, I announced Red Bull soapbox therapy in L.A. with one hundred thousand people down there. And, and they made me go down. Did I already tell this story on the show? No, but I, I, Dude, I, I had to love I was, it. I was the finish line announcer. I, I catch you. Like, Adam Carolla is one of the contestants. Uh, uh, what's his name from Chips is one of the judges. Eric Estrada. Eric Estrada is one of the judges. I'm like, this is ridiculous. So I at the very, 30 minutes before it starts, I'm like, hey, man, do you mind driving this uh, soapbox car down this hill? I'm like, what? 
Oh, now you have told this, but tell it again. Yes, because Tyler I have to dress to up like Arnold Schwarzenegger and hold a baby and drive a Humvee down this ginormous ass course and get booed by a hundred thousand people because <laughs> I wouldn't jump this shit. But I mean, it was just that's the kind of events they do. It's it's just they're 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 next level, man. And I mean, I, I don't have to tell you that. It's funny though because they're willing to kill their announcer. I mean, it's yes. like we need you to participate <laughs> too. Dude, they did it. They did an event where they came to Atlanta, which is the home of Coca Cola, home of Monster Energy. And then they brought their Red Bull F1 car and did three donuts in front of the Coca-Cola HQ. <laughs> and they video all the employees suck up to the glass like fish. And it is the most amazing looking thing to watch them go, what? It might have been their NASCAR team. I could be wrong. But they do donuts right in front of the Coca-Cola like F you yeah, suck. No, it, was, it was dope as shit to watch all these people come to the window <laughs> knowing that was a Monster Energy people. Is, I just thought it was like a big dick energy. It's <laughs> big dick energy. Yeah, yeah. Big, I, hey, should, that's, hey, you should look for that as a, a trademark or something and potentially start that because you could, that like, you drink this energy drink, you get a bigger dick. Yeah. <laughs> big dick energy. BDE. I'm a BDE. Right. Thank, thanks for talking to us. I got to go to the store yeah, we now. Gotta go. we're, we're about to get this trademark. <laughs> about to funnel a couple cases of Red Bull. I try not to go like all Red Bull because I know a bunch of the dudes, like, as you do, you know, from out west and like some of the s- stuff I've heard, like uh, they brought a free diver in to, and they brought all the Red Bull Jams kids. I, they weren't Red Bull Jams, they were just Red Bull athletes at the point like pierce brown was one of them all their moto kids yeah and the free diver comes in takes them out to the ocean they say hold your breath as long as you can this is the kind of shit red bull does and then all the kids hold their breath how long can you do it like one kid like 30 seconds 40 whatever at the end of the deal like kids are holding their breath for three minutes like this dude pushed them beyond mental barriers and just kind of shit like that i just think man that's just dope like yeah they do it right so 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 to that point, uh, last year after my crash at Mammoth and getting ready for Imagination, I had I had a crazy concussion. I was out for ten minutes. Uh, lost about a mm. month of memory after that, and I brought I compound fractured my arm. So after this, they they did Zion Wright as one of their skaters, and they did a basically a mental mental health program where they they brought in a bunch of athletes and they reserved a cool house and they did some yoga stuff with us and they talked through us with Salema Mascala and and then we did underwater breath holding with a performance freediver and you know you kind of do a, a, a breathe up <clears throat> to get flood your body <clears throat> excuse me flood your body with oxygen and you know I'm thinking in my head before I'm doing this like a minute like the each round is like the first round's a minute, the second round's two minutes, the third round's three minutes, and then they start breaking it down to like half minutes. So they won't let you go more than three and a half without proper training. But when I went to do this, I was thinking in my head, like holding my breath underwater for a minute, like no fucking way. Nope. There's no way I'm You're gonna do that. You're scaring me just talking right. about it, right? And and I did it, and and. Then I was like, okay, like I got that. And then I tried two and then I got two and like the, the breathe up that they teach you before you do it. I ended up getting three and a half minutes and they, I was, it was me and one other athlete that ended up going three minutes out of, out of all of them. But incredible to learn that, to do that and learn how powerful your brain really is. Um, in in a pressure situation like that, and you're fighting for air underwater, is um, it's pretty crazy. And I learned so much from it. So I guess 
that little ramble to your point of you saying like they were letting kids hold their breath and stuff. I actually experienced that and did an underwater breath hold. And, um, (laughs) one of the craziest experiences of my life and, and, you know, like it being tied to like a mental health awareness program with all the athletes, like it made me realize my potential and how powerful us as, as humans, our brains really are, you know, yeah. and um, it was, uh, it was really cool. And it's, it's, again, it takes me back to things like that, that Red Bull doesn't put in writing that um, it's, it, it teaches you so much. So yeah. I've just, again, thankful and grateful to be in the situation I am and being able to call this my job and, and being able to be out here at places like this and creating something that I always thought was a, a dream that's too big, you know? So are you familiar with that ranch in terms of the hunting world? Like when I went out there last year, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to this place. They're like, you're going what? Like all my buddies who hunt, they watch him on TV and all this other shit. Like, dude, like this place is like magical for hunters and dirt bike riders. It's, it's, uh, it's a magical place. And I will say every year that I'm, done with the event i usually stay for a week and decompress after and just i just kind of kick my feet up and get to enjoy freedom and uh then bringing in some some military veterans and and first responders and stuff and being able to learn how to shoot guns properly and and go through some of this and they've taken me out and took me hunting in some of their hunting blinds and i've and I've actually got two deer. My two times hunting out here, I got two deer. So yeah. um, doing, this is all this stuff that we're we're able to do. It's again, like I said, the the experience of this place is something that you can't replicate anywhere else. Man. Well, we're big fans, dude. We uh, look forward to coming out there and seeing you do it firsthand. And of course, I'll uh, I'll drag David Eiser along with me as best I can. <laughs> good luck make sure you bring a leash yep we'll uh we'll see <laughs> how he how he handles him, go ahead him him seeing it for the first time he's gonna shit his pants yeah, it's dude awesome. i did i was out there like during the finals i was out in the middle of the track i'm like oh my i mean you guys jumping over that tree i like that just seeing y'all jump away from me and that whatever that 184 foot hit you hit is just it's obnoxious I'm, yeah. I just, who does your suspension Ford, Chevy, like, yeah. who the hell's doing it? <laughs> right. Uh, it's a. I, I ride a Yamazuki, so whoever that is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, WP, w, WP does my suspension. I was um, fortunate enough to, through Red Bull, got linked up with KTM, and they give me some demo bikes for the year and have uh, have met some of the folks at WP, and they've, they've helped me a lot with my suspension and to be honest with you, uh, 450 these days are so fast. So you don't really need much more power no. to jump 180 feet. So you just need some strong wheels and some suspension and uh, some big balls. And big balls. balls. I was hoping you would list that because <laughs> it seems like that's one of the first things. You God, like, I just want to know, like, 184 I'm, I'm such a pussy. I've never jumped. Like, I can say I probably jumped. Honest to God, my wheels, I could probably stand and hold my hand up as high as I've ever jumped ever. I'm such a, with big, all the combined jumps added together, probably added together. I'm such a puss, but you guys jump so fucking high. Like I know you can see Adam's house from where you're from, how high you are. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty crazy. And I was actually just, 
this gentleman today was dropping off all the porta johns for the event and uh he was like god dang it what the hell son yeah Yeah. and he was he was pretty blown away at what he was seeing and uh man the porta potty guy got quoted he needed to use one right (laughs) i just shit my pants i gotta go to the bathroom man and and he was saying i was telling him how i'm not really the biggest fan of heights but when i'm riding it happens so fast and i'm in control of it it's different you know but i will say one thing that i've done to help combat my fear of heights is skydiving and um, that definitely helped like being able to face them fears right you should have just said to the porta john guy you'd be like Dude, it's not that hard. Here, you can try it. We just, just sit on the seat and twist the go. Just do it. Get hey, a helmet and a click, 450. Get, hey, Porter John guy, click third and give her the onion. Hey, you know, you know that's, a, that's funny you talk about that. We, uh, we, we had uh, Mookie on, and we were talking about letting people out of jail. If you had like, a, I'm talking about murder charges. Yeah, they're on death row. They're on definitely death row. going to die. And we're like, hey, here's your one shot to get out of this whole deal. We got this. I'm going to get Jason Baker to come in, and he's going to build a left-handed bull worm. <laughs> and then you're going to get about a 30-foot run on a, a 89 KX500. Yep. We and chose a, the 500. The 500 because it's an unruly, unruly beast. beast. <laughs> it's yep. not controllable. And if you can jump this triple and land it, you're out. You're done. You're free. Yeah. You're good. You survive this. You full pardon. It. It's a you're, triple yeah, pardon. It's a full, full pardon. pardon. It's a triple pardon. <laughs> and then you would televise the event <laughs> because, you know, they're either going to die or be free. <laughs> it's Knievel times life. Like it's, <laughs> That'll be the next That'll one. That'll be your next I event, Bull Tyler. Freedom. We're giving you an idea. Red, Red Bull, Bull Freedom. Freedom. Yeah, yeah. Red so Red Bull Freedom. We got another, we got another idea. There you you know what? It, the only bad thing about it, every really good motocrosser would just go kill somebody. <laughs> then they get locked yeah. up. Welcome to the 2024 Red Bull Freedom here as we've got nine inmates from San Quentin as they try to jump their way in freedom. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> That's the dumbest. That's the best, man. But it would be a good show. No, I'm Tyrone Jones. I'm about to jump the shit out of this kid's father. I got that. He can do it. Tyrone Jones. Of yeah. course, cool. He's a, he's you probably get, you know, the problem is you probably get one of the, if you got one of those wheelie kids or the 12 o'clock boys or whatever. The ball, yeah, the wheelie guys. They yeah, got a shot. Out. I yeah, mean, those boys. dudes can ride. Well, we got to do a little vetting. I don't want anybody to have any experience. Yeah, no experience. Just here's, Just, here's a kick. Here's a Belmoto 4. I'm not even giving you a good helmet. Here's I'm giving the clutch. you a, a Belmoto fucking 4. Uh, Rick Johnson era specific will. helmet. <laughs> yeah, specific to Kidney the Kidney belt. <laughs> yes. If, it, if you want your life and some freedom, you better, you better, better figure it. this out, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Five minutes. It's you really can... that. It's really that simple. You got a choice here. You <laughs> live, or yeah. you die. Yeah. You don't. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to Red Bull Freedom. <laughs> it's really that simple. I think you could even give them two chances. <laughs> no, let's. If they survive the first one, stack them back oh, up. You're there. still Let alive, again. sir. <laughs> so okay, I'll, I'll go with that. But yeah. you gotta land it. You either land but, it but or you two don't. two choices, two chances, that's it. Okay, the second chance, we move that fucking ramp back 40 feet. Okay, yes, you can try it, but <laughs> we're back in the landing. The gets harder. Oh, God. All right, Tyler, we're done. We're going to let you go and uh, get some rest and come up with more ideas, and we'll see you in about a week. Awesome. Thank you. Stoked to see you guys. Stoked to show you what we've created. and uh, Yeah, stoked to watch this thing. Spread its wings and fly, baby. Yeah, man. All right, man. You guys be safe. We will see you in about a week. All right. Sounds good. We'll talk see to you. See you, Tyler. Thank you, brother.
Red Bull Freedom 2024. It's going to be a good one. Nine inmates with Kawasaki 500s prepped for the leap. Let's bring out Mike Jones, our first contestant here. Mike's in for uh, murder, second degree, and first degree, and manslaughter. Mike, you got any final words? Where's the bike? That's it, Mike. That's all you got to say? I make this. I'm killing <laughs> If I make this, I got a whole other list of people I'm going to kill. <laughs> All right, Mike, if uh, any of the friends and family of Mike are watching this, <laughs> keep your head on the swivel as we, we suit Mike up here. Maybe pay up on those debts there before you, Mike gets this jump completed. All right, this is pay-per-view. I hope all of Mike's friends and family are watching. <laughs> Mike, man, he's going to kill people. I thought he would do other things. You know, yeah, if I thought he, he'd do good shit. Yeah, or maybe just go after, you know, he's been pent up with all these dudes. So one more time, Mike, that's your last. That is, if you get out free, you're going to just run wild in the streets and kill folks? Not just anybody. But my girls do, man. I'm coming to get you, bitch. I didn't appreciate what you said. All right, let's get Mike on the motorcycle and see how this all shakes <laughs> Good See, Lord. I still I thought Damn, he would, I thought maybe after yes. being with he's you know, been in jail for twenty two. You think years. he had conjugal visits? I just thought maybe he'd have no, other things dog. on the brain. Yeah, Michael visits. He had conjugal, just no visits. Michael That's the problem with being in prison. You get the conjugal with no visit. Nobody yeah. new shows up. Damn, dude. It's just the same it's old thing, It's a bear man. fest If up only in they there. would invent, like, a KX500 Dang. jump where I could get out of prison. Red Bull Freedom. <laughs> just love it, man. I mean, I could just see the host, you know, uh, lining who, it up. Who would it be? Like, Robert uh, Robert Stacker? Robert Knievel. <laughs> I don't know who it would be. It's John be some, Davidson would have been good so, uh, from That's Incredible back when we were kids. That's, oh, wow. John Davidson. Man, what the hair on that dude. Yeah, he had perfect hair. It was like a helmet. There's three people that know what we're talking about. And yeah. I know, and I'm one of them. And let's That's bring up incredible. our, our co-host, Sarah Purcell. Was that her name for real? It was Sarah Purcell. Oh, my God. And Fran Tarkenton was on it as well. He yeah, was. But let me tell you, yes. do you remember uh, Tiger Woods was on That's Incredible? No. Uh, yeah, I've seen I a clip. Johnny, when he was remember. like three years old. It wasn't Johnny Carson? No, I saw him on That's Incredible. That's incredible. True story. I mean, I know he was on the show like super early, but I didn't know it was that. Yeah. I know it was Sarah Purcell. I remember he was on some show. That's incredible. incredible. And then you had the other one that scared the hell out of me. Believe it. Ripley's. Ripley's? Or not. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that dude was scared. That dude scared the shit he out had, of me. He did the Unsolved Mysteries. Is he the same <laughs> no, guy? No, not, not the same guy. That's the guy that did uh, City Slickers. Believe it. Or not. Or not. City Slickers guy did Believe It or Ripley's. Oh, uh, that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know that dude. He he. They they. I remember. I didn't sleep for about a month when they had <laughs> video footage of hell. Let's go see what's going on in hell. And that's what I'm like. <laughs> what? <laughs> I swear to These God, these guys can make it to there. Yes, their cameras and don't film melt. it, dude. All I know is that in my mind, that's what happened. Let's let's cut to hell and see what's going on. Like. Holy and the devil's shit. down there. This is where the magic happens. Last name Kelly. Yes, he's he's seven. He's, he's coming on the very list. Soon. Yeah. That's in my mind. That's what Dude, was going that's on. That's gnarly. Yeah. Waiting on you. I was so scared. Shit. Believe it or not, Kevin. Oh shit! I'm doomed. You going to hell, Kevin? Oh, that's what I heard. That is a bad little childhood. Yes. Welcome home, Kevin. No, I don't want to know. <laughs> I'm watching that. Believe it or not. There's another button that sounds like a kid. 
I don't want to be with the devil anymore. <laughs> Too bad, motherfucker. <laughs> he cusses and cuddles weird. It's just a... I don't know. It's just watch the show. You're coming to see me soon enough. <laughs> that's, that's that's what really a little bit more of how oh, wow. young Kevin sounded. Yeah, that's exactly. Yes, it. somehow. Jeez. But you know, you would see that, and back then, I know now it's like this stupid thing. No, it's terrible. But but that at my people at, still believe that wrestling was real then too. So that dang right, like, wrestling. We were we were idiot. not very smart as a society no, just bro, 30, was, 40 years ago. I was six, so I, anything I saw, it was real. It was real. It was on TV. Hell yeah, must man. be yeah. real. Sarah Purcell goes, "Hey, let's cut to hell. Let's go see what's going on in hell." We're cutting live to hell. And there's damn Geraldo's <laughs> down there. What? Geraldo. Damn. He's sweating like Shit, crazy, man. man. She, homeboy everywhere. is sweating bullets down in Thudo. I just, that's disappointing because I always thought, I mean, I was thinking hell would be a lot more fun. But you say Not it's cool. down there. Like, was it downhill from their camera angle? Like, how do you know it was down? I'm sure. Yeah, well, I mean. They took know. a crazy elevator. Like, Oh, yeah. they took an elevator. Yeah, I just wondered just how you knew it was hell. down. What floor, sir? I'll take H for For hell. hell. You know, in all reality, though, it takes a while to get into a hot tub, too. And then eventually you get get used to it. Yeah, you're like, it's not that bad, guys. Come on in. Everybody's like dipping a toe in the lake of fire. I don't think so. I think they're very nervous. Yeah, for sure. Man, I was going to talk about the dang evil Knievel Museum in Topeka, Kansas. Kevin. Not just Kevin. It's Nick and my buddy John Watkins. (laughs) Damn, let's go. Yeah, We're going three exactly. Weeks, Let's get right into it. Jet Lawrence, written right. warning. Who wrote it? <laughs> Damn. Don't uh, even ask him I how he's doing. Nope. Yeah. You wrote it. You hand wrote it. I wrote it. Right. Yeah, I hand wrote it. Well, how'd it go? Like, Do you use nice calligraphy? Like, Did you yes. Have someone... Yeah, it's out there. You guys can actually read that. Oh. Have you seen that? We have not seen the actual writing. I, I just know it happened. You just know it happened. Yep. Was that today? Yeah, it's on the report. That happened today? Yeah. No, that uh, that happened Saturday night. So oh. Everything was done there, and we posted penalty. Re- we try to put it out by like Tuesday, Wednesday, the the yeah. next week. So is there so an what's going on, guys? There that bro- well, this well, a welcome to winners take y'all. We're just going right into questions. Mike Pelletier. <laughs> yeah, like you it. don't even tell anybody who he is. No, it's Mike Pelletier from the AMA. He hands yep. out all the number one plates and the written and verbal warnings. <laughs> yeah, this week. Yes. Yeah. Very accurate. Wow. We had uh, we had uh, motocross of nations. We had warnings. We're going to L.A. A lot going on with the AMA. I know. I just uh, just got checked into the hotel here in L.A. It's gonna be a, a big weekend here. That is gonna be big, man. That, that just the idea of it being in the Coliseum. That's cool. It's been it a just seems so cool. It's gonna be awesome. I drove by it today on the way in, and just knowing we're going up the stands, just like we were before. I mean, it's something special here, right? Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, Super very cool. iconic. The first thing I go to, and it, the uh, we went fast. Brett Smith posted it at the Rodeal Cup. And then you yeah. got guys like Jeff Ward, who they don't even want to race. They just want to pull off to the side. <laughs> Have you seen that video? That's 1985, I believe. No. Oh. RJ. Well, it's RJ talking about the Rodeal Cup, where they had a two-wave start at L- at the L.A. Coliseum, and they started you. The winners of the heat race had to start, start in, in the, the back second row. row. So yeah. you had, like, Jeff Ward. He goes, oh, he got he would pull over. Up on the peristyle, he would stop, and everybody would fly past. Oh. And he, he then would he get, would get a, last in his heat race. And he would race. get a front row start. Like, oh, my bike messed up. Yes. <laughs> my factory oh, kicks man. SR250 messed up. Yeah. So RJ goes, he takes full to the rogue, microphone, grabs the mic, and flips out. It's a dude. If, if you've never seen it, come look on. it up. You need to YouTube 
RJ Rodell Cup speech. Uh-huh. It is fantastic. His he's voice hard. hasn't changed, but he's probably and six then Jeff Hardy got these guys paid full price for the guys to pull. He gets so <laughs> oh, pissy. So- it is awesome. It he goes, I would exactly go home if like I was that. you. Like he gets so mad. <laughs> Uh, he tried to be honest, oh, and he said they're trying to they're trying out this. Oh format. no! I just hung up on a guy. God dang it, dude! Pelletier, he is not in Kansas. You're gonna get a warning for that. I will get a warning. Dude, if you get Sorry, a handwritten man. warning, that was me. You're gonna write him up for hanging up on you. Hold on. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna do? That was you. I got you back. All right. So I'm back. So the dirt's in the stadium. It's worked in. Yep. You've seen. Have you seen the track yet? Is it? Are we that far along? Or are they just got a jump or two piled up? I haven't seen it in there. I did talk to some of the dirt guys coming back to the hotel, and they're they're pretty far along. They're I mean, pretty what, confident with it. So. What kind of condition is this stadium in? I mean, it is old. That was that like seventy two when they had the the yeah. first Super Bowl of motocross in there. Well, they have used it since, so that's good news. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, so they did, they did so use it in 1984 for the Olympics for a little while. Yeah, they did. Use, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying it hasn't been used, but it hasn't been used as much lately that I'm aware of. Right. That, I mean, I've heard yeah. plans of that thing getting demoed years ago. I think they ago. have concerts and stuff there. Do they? USC so. plays football games so. there. Okay. Turns out. All right, so it does get used. Yeah. All right. That's a pretty frequent. Yeah. So, all right, so you've got um, – SMX, and then you just went through the most strenuous task of all, which was trying to get this motocross donations team nailed down. Yep. Christina told me uh, probably at the end of 18 that the most difficult thing that Team USA needed was to learn how to start on the greats. So has this uh, mm-hmm. Supercross great deal, has that made that less of an issue for the upcoming motocross donations? Obviously, we I think dominated it last year, but I mean, that was just yeah. her concern in 18. Right. It was new back then. I think now doing it, 17 rounds of Supercross, Motocross adopting it, I think it would be harder to not do it for us at this point. I she, think we're really got the hang of it. She talked about the, the type of expanded metal that, that, um, that they brought to Redbud in 18. And she's like, it's not the same. It's not the same as, you know, and. I wonder, I mean, surely to goodness, expanded metal is expanded metal, and there's really no big difference between what our guys will face over there and, and what they're starting on every week here. No, it's close. And, and MXG guys, uh, you know, they lay some greats down while we're there and then take some starts off and do some practice starts while we're over there. And I'm really not concerned about that at, yeah. at all now that we've been doing it so much. Yeah, no, for sure. So uh, she, I know she booked those rooms like, what, a year ago? <laughs> for and then yeah. they then they move the date and then she's struggling <laughs> to rebook and then we don't have a team like you guys yeah. had to have gone through the ringer i know there was so many moving parts was that the toughest thing you you've had to handle this year or was was there was it not i think you know let's start by saying christine is an absolute rock star yeah right for uh for doing all this but you know having the date late and then they moved it up to try to accommodate us because we moved our SMX schedule uh, more condensed. So that was a favor. But all of a sudden, you know, to your point, we booked everything as soon as they announced at Redbud where this was going to be this year. Yep. So all those logistics and all those moving parts, that's hard. Christina does a lot of that on her own, which I'm so thankful for. But hey, we you know, do the hotels are accommodating. Mike, one second. Sure. We, listen. Can you hear that? No. 
Oh. Very close your mic. Hold that. Can you hold the mic? It should be playing. I said I was going to come out here to race to win. I'm here to race to win. If you're capable of winning a qualifying... Oh, well. All right. <laughs> you still got to... I try. got a YouTube. RJ Speech Rodilco. Yes. You have to look it up. So, yeah. Well, obviously, Christina's a rock star, and then she gets so much done. And But I, I have a feeling this was a, a... It wasn't just Christina on naming this team. I mean... I feel like it was it was every effort you could to get the best available riders, right? I mean, can, can you it, it talk really a little was. bit about that process? You know, I I will say that I spent a lot of sleepless nights with Roger, uh, going through this and and trying to figure this out. It's it was the hardest year we've had, and you know, with an extended season, a lot of riders switching brands. That was really complicating a lot of things. You know, there was a ton of athlete interest. I'll give the, everybody credit for that. Um, but team interest was a little difficult. So, you know, we don't really want necessarily one rider showing up in his first debut or time on that motorcycle is with a one or two or a three plate at the motocross of nations yeah. with no, with no experience on the motorcycle. It's not fair to the rider either, you know, and, and you got to put the, uh, we don't want to be selfish about that and, and we respect their wishes, but let's talk about these three guys though. As soon as we called, they were over the moon to go. And that's, that's, that's half the battle. You know, that event takes luck. Uh, take oh. some talent, luck, and the will to want to be there. And yeah. I think we, we're going to have it all on this one because all three of these guys want to go really bad. Dude, I thought Jason Anderson's post tweet about that. He goes, what do he say? Don't slow down on the finish line. <laughs> yeah, don't right? roll the finish line. Yeah, don't roll the finish line. That uh, was so good. That was a Hey, man, like, like, I don't even consider these guys a B team. I'm not even going to say that because they're no. fantastic. When I think about the yep. B team back in the day. But B teams have won. Hell, yes, they have. Our B team with Billy Lyles yeah. and Emic, and those dudes LaRocco. won. And LaRocco, yeah. hell, yeah. 92, Manjimum, they well, won. I'll, I'll tell you guys one thing. At the press conference last week, I closed it with, there's no better motivation than when someone counts you out. And I just looked at those guys, and they all had that head nod going. Yep. And I think that's what we're dealing with right that's now. That's their and, fuel. You know, we got a chip on our shoulder. And I think, you know, the country and the U.S. fans are behind this because it came to a point where, I don't know if we're going, right? Do we even have a team? Yep. Then it was everybody got bummed out. And now that we do, they've just thrown everything at these three guys. And that's what's cool about it. Well, I, I had told Christina, I don't know, for a year, hey, I'm, I'm going to just start going to the motocross to nations no matter where it's at in the world. Every year is one of my, one of my long-time goals. When I turn 50, I'm going to start going. And mm -hmm. so I, I book all – I book everything. I'm headed to France, and I'm, I'm like – there's no team. They're not naming a team. They missed the deadline for the team. What? You know, and I'm thinking, man, the very first time I go out of the country <laughs> for the motocross to nations, USA. Thanks a lot, John. It's your fault, dude. No, I didn't jinx, jinx it, man. Yeah. I didn't jinx it, you no. Didn't. But I'm the so John thankful. John Watkins jinx. <laughs> I'm like so thankful you named curse, a team, man, man for sure, because Ernay's a long hey, way so away. so honestly, give me a percentage. How close were we to not just going? I'll tell you what, every day when we started getting no's and no and no after after a while, Roger and I are looking at each other going, I just don't know at this point. We got to really kind of pull something out of our hat, and that really did work. So we were we were pretty close, and the entry deadline was close. You know, and I was working closely with the FIM and, and in front and saying, just bear with us, guys. This is We're going to do everything we can to get a team there. Just hang on. And, and they did, and it all worked out. So when it gets that late in the game, I mean, is the KTM group the only manufacturer that really could just – have bikes when you when you you know usually there's a lot of lead time and uh -huh. without the lead time was k was the the ktm group i mean i know we're talking some husqvarna's and all that but were they the ones that were what, uh, was most the stark equipped? varg ever 
yes. possibility. Was there a start bar grinder? Was Sebastian Tortelli ever on the phone smoking a long skinny I'm cigarette? I'm not sure if he's a dual citizen. I have a dual not, citizen. But, yeah. <laughs> smoking a long yeah, to your cigarette. Your point it is. And it cooking is, right? some and, caviar. And that group steps up, and, and I'm so thankful of that. But to your point, yeah, it, it's tough. When you get that late and you start talking shipping costs and logistics and who the rider's going to be in our flights are booked in two weeks. You know, it's, yeah. when you get that late, it's hard. And then you start talking logistics, not just shipping, but we have the USA golf tournament that Paul Barabinos puts on. Mm -hmm. You know, we weren't able to even execute that because we were so late. We couldn't even promote the team, right. you know? So we, a lot of things kind of just trickle down and, and topple over once you get this late. And it was really never a, a concern. We wanted to go and it's important to the AMA to send a team. Um, so at all costs, we were going to do that. We were just running so close to, not and i can't remember all the years i've been doing this that we've come this close at all man this I'm was sad. this was close well i'm glad that vintage motorcycle days was able to step up and fund <laughs> this whole trip yep to europe because these guys right here do my buddies were you didn't come but my buddy john Watkins was there my buddy nick here yep. we were both we were all there they paid their good hard-earned money to send the boys in the red white and blue that's right to france yeah we, that's what we're gonna say. i think it was our entry fee that put them we were co-sponsors yes how fun is that event i you you don't have to tell me. Oh. You brought me in. I, I've been the biggest fan. These guys, that was Nick's first trip Yeah, Mike, there. this Nick. It was my first trip. Man, what a blast that event is. And it's a little bit of everything. And the crazy thing is I've been into motorcycles, dirt bikes forever and really didn't know anything about it. And like Kevin it's, said, this yeah. is the best thing you've never heard of. It's the biggest race You're gonna you've never, trip out. never been and to. We went and we raced a little bit, and, man, we had a blast. Yeah, it was fun. Yep. And it's cool because really our whole building from the AMA is all hands on deck with it. Yeah. You wouldn't think that event is the AMA event, right, Kevin? And no, you know, it's, it's just there's wild. The the most non rule infested rule making <laughs> body. That puts yeah, the rule making rate. body that's it's not nuts. worried about the rules. But it's fun. It's good, clean fun. It's I mean, it's in a big field. You know, there's there's every discipline you can possibly imagine, and I cannot stress it enough. If you haven't heard us talk about this show or on talk about it on the show. Vintage Motorcycle Days, make your plans at Mid-Ohio. It's road racing, hair scrambles, motorcross I trials. tell you, that, that's the most fun I've had on a motorcycle in a it's long awesome. time. Like the, the track's grass. It's the, dope. Yeah, the, the motorcross track was dope. The, the hair scramble course was great. Man, the yeah. hair scramble course was so fun. And because there's so many people there, I mean, you go do one of your hair scrambles around here or whatever, you might see one or two people standing there waiting on their own. No, you go through by. the woods, there'd be 50, 60 people in yeah, some of those sections. Yeah, there's groups of people <laughs> hanging out in the sections, cheering you on. It was awesome. The barrel racing is ridiculous. The swap meet is unbelievable. The swap, I was going to say, at the end of the night, the swap meet, take a cruise there. You never know what you're going to find. Every there. time I had a moment, I'd just grab a pit bike, and I would just cruise the, the swap meet and just kind of <laughs> relive childhood memories. You know, you see these things, and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, your neighbor had that. I mean, it was a, it was the coolest yep four hour we did lots of shots at the swap and everybody would come by and want to give us a shot oh yeah true, true you guys story. got lured into a few campers and yeah, yeah that's weird. Right. i was very got, nervous we almost got abducted by one guy yeah <laughs> it's crazy very into you guys so, well so so we've covered mx donations the guys were very receptive i'm so glad that thing still soldiers on because in my heart we're old we're old dudes so i get it well, the MX Nation should mean something. Like it, I understand that yes. they're they're uh, they're the seasons longer. I understand the obstacles are bigger and more more moving parts to racing professionally than ever was back in the '80s. But man, I, all I can think of is I, I would think David Bailey, 
you know, Brock Glover, all these guys would roll over in their graves in years to come if we just pull out of this thing all together. And I thank God that you guys and, and the guys that accepted to go this year are still hands-on and doing it. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the coolest events. It's one of the most important to me. And now that I'm kind of doing it every year, and it's 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 so exciting. And, you know, my first time was in 17 in uh, at Matterly Basin. Mm, and I'll never I'm forget sorry. this. And we're, that, <laughs> that was, was some first, deep was mud to be walking around in. <laughs> yeah. So we're sitting there under, I think it was the Husky tent, and all of a sudden the rails are rattling on the awning. And I'm going, man, what is, what's going on? You guys got something running? They go, Mike, you're funny. That's the crowd. And I'm like, holy mm. crap. You know, like it's just – it's so crazy, and we kind of saw that red bud this year with the American oh, fans yeah. coming out. That was that was awesome for sure. Charged, be able yeah. to win it there. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, you know, and one thing too, I us being um, a little bit older, and I'm not speaking for you, I'm speaking for us around the table here on on the other end. America was starved for this race for so long because you had 87 Unadilla as the first time that it came, and then 07 Buds Creek was the second time. So that race was something that you only got to see pictures about, you know, four months later. And mm-hmm. you, you know, you might get a motocross action with some pictures or something like that. And that was it. And I, I wonder if these younger riders, you know, yeah, all the riders make sense to them. Like, yeah, they can't us. understand being starved for the information on this race because in their lifetime, well, it sort of visits America every so often, you know, if you're, if you're AP or yeah, RJ. So how, how have you guys sold it to them, or, or did you even have to? Or Do they, did they, do they understand go, the history? Like, hey, it. man. So I know AC was on our show. He goes, hell yes, I would go right now if they would select me. He would go in a second. I would say, you know, the, the vibe around the paddock isn't the athletes. They, I think we have enough interest that this will keep going on forever. Okay. You know, we, it's hard at this level, though. You don't want to go over there not fully supported. Ray or have the main effort for these. It's too important mm-hmm. and there's too much going on at this level with these athletes. So I think the rider interest is, is higher than ever, especially coming off a win at Redbud and and just doing what they did. And I think it's exciting and and I haven't had any issue with the riders at all. They've all been like, Yeah, man, let's try to figure this out. And you know, that's been cool. And these three this year for <laughs> didn't have to ask twice, I can tell you that. They jumped at awesome. it. Awesome. I yeah. like to joke, Aaron. I think came up with either Anaheim one or Anaheim two even. Shit, and he's dude. like, Hey, do you thinking about the team? You thinking about the team? Right now? On, like, right on. Not yet. You know? So RJ started coming in through the outdoors, you know, after the riders meetings, checking on it. So it's uh they definitely want to go, which is cool. That is God, super I would love cool. a magical ride for RJ Hampshire. Cause it, dude, he's got lightning. He's got full send. He, he can, can do go. It. He can rise to the occasion. Mm-hmm. AP and that wild ass hair and, and cowboy hat son of a bitch can do it too yeah there'll be a lot of fans <laughs> wanting to see Why not? Him. christian craig wants nothing more than to pr- prove his worth as yep. well dude for yep. sure yep and we've all yep. seen him go and be basically the fastest on the day at times so if you can just capture yeah. that you know it's there it's sitting there and i love that they that they see this as a challenge and they're going to try to bring it home that'll that'll be awesome yeah so what is big john's you know, role what's is the it, is, is it to salt gas? Yeah, we're going to throw salt and gas tanks. I know we're sabotaging stuff. Salt what are we doing? Gas Let's do this. Big, big John is to make sure we get to that line yeah. and we get there safely through the crowd. That's, <laughs> That's the sole responsibility. About. Good man. <laughs> you know great. what's hard, hard about this event, though, is you know you, you ask these guys to race against, against each other all year long. Yeah. Now we're talking 31 rounds, right? And then you're going to say, hey, can you guys just get along for a weekend? I'm not saying they don't, but you know what I mean. It's, it's hard to all of a sudden do a team. You know, because now you're working on strategy. Now you're trying to work together. Now you're, 
doing all this and it all has to come together. That's why anyone that wins, not even just us is such a difficult task at that event because you need things to go your way. You have to have the guys riding on point. You need it all together. And that's, that is so cool about that event. Yeah. I, I went to an event in Chicago, um, for the international motocross museum at Terry good. He's a collector uh-huh. of works bikes and I got to sit next to Bob Hanna and so I asked him about the 87 motocross donations where he, they, he rode a 125 <clears throat> at, at the end of his career, they Age put him on a 127. Yes. They put him on the 125 and, you know, uh, Wardy and RJ wanted to train together. And so I asked him about that race and he goes, yeah, these clowns wanted me to go live with them and have a sleepover and stuff. And <laughs> I'm asking them, you want to win the race or you want to be best friends? And so he, Hell yeah. he said, I'll see you at the race. So Hannah disappears and... <laughs> relearns how to ride a 125 again and they win, you know, and I, I think today being a team and, and like you're talking about, yes, I want to rip the guy's head off most of the year, but I think these dudes understand nowadays that we are stronger when there's a cohesive bond between each other, at least for that week. Right. For sure. And, and Christine and I have done a really big, uh, big part of this. And now Paul even coming on to try to get that unity back. You know, it's not just guys showing up in their own trucks and, and trying to go out and do the best they can. We have to work together because it's not going to work if you don't work together. Even yeah. strategy from qualifying, everything. You yeah. got to do it. You guys rented a truck or something for one of the years. I don't know if you've been involved, Mike, whenever. I don't know what year I'm talking about, but to try to get the team mm-hmm. sitting in the same place again, like yep. originally. Exactly. And we're doing it again this year. So I don't know if you guys have been following along with the MXGPs, but they have those fishbowl trailers now with all the windows. Yeah. Have so you we've seen actually this, rented Kevin? one of those. The side of the truck is like glass <clears throat> or something. It's and awesome. So the mechanic is working on the bike. I mean, I imagine for the mechanic, like it's super cool, right? He's kind of, yeah. they can watch him as close as they want, but he's, they can't really talk to him and stop him. You can just see him. Mm-hmm. Fishbowl. Yeah. So, so we're going to use that as a hospitality. So we're going to have our team in there as one good unit. And it's hard because even when there's different brands, it helps, you know, kind of all being under one tent, so to speak, this this year. But, they, you know, we have them under their, you know, their tent. So it could be Yamaha or KTM or whatever it is. But we want to keep their bikes with their their parts and their teams and everything. Yeah. But we need that one location that we can just watch footage, watch lap times, watch what's going on as a group. Yeah, That's that's what's kind of cool. So when John comes easing in there when you're in France, just don't don't be alarmed. Speaks, don't be weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when you see this dude exactly. just come up and he knows he speaks English. Yeah. <laughs> Big he's John said it's cool, he's man. Gonna pick it up and he's going to pick the trailer up and put it in place for us. Right? Yeah, he'll just throw a rock at it and bust a <laughs> hole in it. <laughs> There's not going to be any of that. No. Yeah. All right. Well, Mike, I don't want to uh, cut your night any shorter. I know you guys have a lot of big plans to uh, figure out there, so – Big weekend ahead. We will be watching. We can't wait to see what happens this weekend. Hey, one question. Awesome. Have you been to In-N-Out Burger yep. yet since you got there? You just landed? Great question. Um, I haven't today, but I can guarantee for lunch tomorrow. That's what we Right on. All right, that's, that's not the one question, though. Hey, when you hand out the number <laughs> Animal one style. when you're giving out the championship plate there, um, do you how, how often do you rehearse that speech? You've yet to... You haven't botched it. That's you a great deliver point. these oh, things, man, and you've got to say a mouthful. Oh, he's gonna mess it up! Now. <laughs> no, no, this isn't to jinx it's, it's, you. This the announcer's is... curse, oh, uh, dude. Well, it'll be from Kevin uh, if anything's cursed. Hey, Jet Hunter you Lawrence. Know, oh shit! I kind of go through do the opening however I want, but I've rehearsed it so much that I just take over. As soon as I hit one part of that speech, it's just happens. it's autopilot, right? 
Yeah, so, autopilot. It's smooth sure. as glass, man. If, he delivers if, it so smooth. If John Watkins won the 250 E Supercross title, how would it go? <laughs> yeah, what would you say? Yeah. Uh, now you're putting me on the spot. You I'd have to do the, as soon as you hear on behalf of the AMA, that's yep. autopilot right there. Yeah. That's, that on could behalf be just of the AMA, name, name. congratulations yep. on your 2023. It gives me great pleasure to present you with the 2023 AMA, whatever plate we're doing. And... Mid East title. <laughs> yeah, the vintage motorcycle. <laughs> yes, at vintage that's right. The BMD, yep. dude. That's right. You, oh, you, you should, you should give John right now. You should present his fourth place. No, I got third. He got third. So he, he got, got third. third. Sorry, he got vintage third motorcycle. At BMD. So say it. Go next year, and we'll we'll do this. We'll do this. We'll do it live for whatever for whatever, to win? For whatever uh, place. For, no, for whatever place. Whatever place could be seventh. Doesn't matter. We'll do Mike, it. Mike, right. listen. They made me ride an XR two fifty. You should have won. And, and moto also. We and gave you two hundred more CCs than you needed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Eighty six XR two fifty. Yes. Come on. Anybody can win. I mean, you can see why I was at a performance advantage, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now it makes sense. Yeah. Per- it makes all right. Sense. Mike, best of luck. Enjoy the weekend. Fantastic right, uh, crowning. Thanks for, thanks for getting the team together, man. Yeah, yeah thanks man. for uh, doing that for our country. And VMD next awesome. year. Don't puss out. We'll go do it. We're in. All right, buddy. See ya. Thank you, Mike. Right, see ya. See ya. Bye. There it is. I like Mike Pelletier, dude. I bet he is the first person in like 40 years at the AMA Everybody to try to did. absolutely bring his best every day. He. Dead serious. I don't hear a lot of bad shit about Mike. Dude, I don't. He's, he's, he's working dude. hard to try to make things how they should yep. be. Yep. And I I think he was handed a big mess. Yep, and he cleaned it up. The AMA has had some issues Mike over Burkeen, the years. Mike Burkeen, his cohort yeah. at the amateur at, level, same yeah. deal, dude. I, I, They're I trying like to bring their best, yep. man. It's just a matter of time before it's a... It's a very smooth organization, and you can I, feel that. And you effort. can talk shit about AMA. Like, it's a big organization. They have so many moving parts, and like, you know, oh, they need to let... They need to have a sixty-year-old class at Loretta's. Like everybody's speaking oh, from they all got the one percent. Like, dude, I get it's, you're so narcissistic. Narcissistic. Like, it's never going to work like that. Yeah. But they've got Speak such big. a big, big job because yeah. you think we're looking at it just like the AMA. We're looking at one motocross, angle. and yeah. it's probably this one of the smaller parts of their deal. I mean, they got all the road racing. They got all the off-road, the, the street off-road bikes, street, rights, the street fighting bikers, for your yeah, rights. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Whatever. Yeah, there's a lot, lot of moving parts. Sierra, party. Nevada. If you want to fight for your right to party, that's who you want to hang out with. Yeah, yeah and everybody right. thought for years it was the Beastie Boys. And I was like, no, dude, it's Mike AMA. D, and My Rock. dad caught me smoking. I said, I'm no Mike way. P, and I get respect. That's what he said. Not Mike B. Mike it's Mike P. P. It's Mike P, and it ain't no hassle. No. I got the ladies from the 80s here to <laughs> White Castle. <laughs> so, Mike P, why didn't we hit him with some I'm of that? I'm Mike P, and I get respect. You women and you two. Why didn't we play? <laughs> oh God, dude, so that would have been gnarly. We should have just hit him with it and be like, "Yeah, man, we love okay, your music." Okay, from here on out, we call him Mike P. We I love your music, P. Mike. Man, you've done such did a good job. That. Did you know in '86 that License to Ill would be such a Bro, big thing? You, you guys were so ahead of it, man. Yeah, we we just didn't understand, but they knew. They you knew. know, they knew. Uh, uh. Mike P one two three. I could have got this way cleaner. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, I mean I'm ever the. That sounds like you were playing it through a filter through a, on the I, box. I'm out on. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a transmission funnel, and I'm sticking the phone up there. I mean, I'm sorry. It's all I've got. Your iPhone four. I'm doing. It is an old uh, iPhone, dog. Dude. My wife's like, you are getting a new phone. Here we go. That sounds so much better. Listen to this, Mike P. Mike Pelletier. Yeah.
Oh, that bass oh. coming in there loud and clear now. Doc, you one lap for jumping Brass on the monkey. red flag. Don't jump on the red flag. I'll dock you one spot. Cost you 10 G's now. We didn't get into if there was a fine associated with his well-written pen. Oh, his it's a, it's a warning, dog. What did he? I didn't even see that. Don't you be waving at your competitor, Jet. son. Jet. I, I saw Literally. that part. Yeah, yeah that's, I saw. That, you can't do that. Yeah. So he called Mike him out. Said about that. Called him out. Yep. So really, nothing happened. No. But hey, there's years where nothing really did happen. Mike shit, took a step shit has and, happened. and it is documented yeah. now. And so I did see a little flash today, and it was on some site I've never heard of. Whatever, I didn't click on it because I was afraid I'd get a virus. But the uh, but it was talking about. It said something about Ken Rocks and Furious about being let by or something, and I thought, is that? Do you think that's accurate at all? No, I, I don't think. So. I, think I think he feels like shit. he had the chance to beat Jet. I want to beat you straight up. It's kind of the way. And he, I think it feels like Jet just kind maybe of, robbed him of that because right. he waved him by. Yeah. The way, you know, the wave. But what's your opinion on that? I mean, Jet. Jet won the overall no matter what. Yeah, he did. And but it'd have been cool for Rocks to I'd run him to down. And he was catching him. He was there. Oh, absolutely. he caught it. I mean, yeah. he he did catch him. He, Do you know who his suspension guy is? It's Active Ride. It's a dude from Florida. Oh, for a dude. It's a guy a dude. working out of like it the ain't barn out back. Showa proper with. And he's world class talent. It's, and so. he's the kid's great. Like he's been around for a long time, but it's just a guy out of Florida. Yeah. But let me tell you, you, look at Rocks and now like when like his videos and stuff that he posts and whatever that they're at the lake. He, that's when he's wanted. fastest, right? That kid is working, man. He's yeah. in shape. Yeah, I mean, sure. he is a he is, and they're all in shape now. And they're all, but he is a physical specimen, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, he's a beast. And, and, and he's I remember, rested, and he's you know hungry. And all that. A couple years ago, and everybody was you know now everybody's really talking about the form, like the style that Jet rides, you know. But Ken Roxon was the first guy I really noticed riding with that style that was. Like he looked like an action figure riding the bike, like in 2014. Proper, for sure. You know I mean, like a video game. It was. Yeah, and I think we're quick to kind of be like, Roxon, because he's he's out of the the picture during the summer, and then he just shows up and starts getting in front of Jim. Remember that guy who he, he beat him he for pole position? Yeah, he's like, pretty like, good. Damn, he's pretty good. Hey, yeah, he was. He's arguably the second fastest guy in motocross this year. I mean, well, he led. And he only the only times. he's the only other person to lead a lap, yep. I believe. Yep, he, he led some laps. He's the second. There you go. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's I mean, <laughs> Kenny rocks and right? kickstart a dude in Florida doing a suspension. Married guy with kids. If he yeah. and he looks Pretty healthy, cool. I mean, he's physically yep. phenomenal right now. I mean, if he, you know, I thought about that when I was watching that race. I said, what are, what's Honda thinking right now? I mean, what somebody. If somebody's We've going away, nine million dollars at this, and this dude's just come off the couch, <laughs> right. and so just yes. about beat us. If I was Honda Yamaha, I'd be like, "Listen, what is man, this guy? Hey, we, I, we've got an electric start up here." Johnny, I think he's happy where he's at, right? Oh, he is, I mean, yeah, yeah, they just stay. extended their uh, deal with help Suzuki. I kind of hear that he can just whatever he feels like. like we can change it, except just, for the starter, except for a kickstarter. <laughs> can we not just? Look, man, vintage is cool. That's why I vintage guess. motorcycle days is so cool. It is so awesome. Hey, that's it. Are you good, Nick? You done? Oh uh, yeah. I'm, well, I'm, we didn't I'm, talk I'm about. Of, I'm all out of words. No, we still left a segment off. Being maybe, sexy. Maybe we can just. We got to that right off the bat. We took uh, that section. Yeah, but right. I, man, I got major questions. So about save being it. Sexy? Yeah. yeah. Just, just what it's like, you know. Being, yeah. Next week we'll like, start off. Like what's it like when heads turn? Sexy. 
yes. when you walk. We'll God, start off that. next week. I want to be sexy. Don't so mark bad. that one out. Don't. That's what they call a hook. Hook. See you next week. We're going to be sexy with Nick Black.